Blog Talk Radio. Your wait is over. Put Grandma out of bed and pour yourself a drink. And prepare yourself for an attack on all your senses. In a place where the irregulars roam free. The Maddie P Radio Happy Hour is live on the air. The only place where you get direct access to your favorite celebrities. Call in now. 323-792-2992. The Maddie P Radio Happy Hour. You can't write this shit. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Welcome to Maddie P Presents Saturday Morning Serial. I am Grim Shea, and joining me, as always, is Marky. Say hi to the people, Marky. Hello, y'all. And hey, guess what? Joining us all day today, uh, a very good friend of ours, and if you listen to the show, you'll recognize him as a friend of the show, Mr. Slick McFavorite of OpenYourToys.com, the infamously famous podcast. Uh, Slick, are you there? I am here. Buenos noches, everybody. <laughs> Buenos noches, senor. Buenos nachos to everyone. <laughs> All right. And and if you are a, a, a listener of the show, you can probably guess, since we have our good friend Slick McFavorite here, we must be talking about cons. Because, oh, he is our con buddy. And Comic-Con in San Diego 2014 <laughs> is fast approaching like a boulder chasing down Indiana Jones. Wouldn't you agree, gentlemen? Oh, I so agree. Yes, yes. And dare dare I say I am a con expert. <laughs> oh, see, I thought you were just going to go ahead and say connoisseur. I was going to say so, connoisseur. <laughs> so I want to thank you on behalf of everyone listening for of not the, saying of that. Of the pun police. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, yes, um, famously saying, uh, uh, 
famously so, mm-hmm. myself and Slick, we love Comic Cons. Yes, these yes. two have been doing it as a team, uh, for better or worse, for many years now. We're like we're at least a decade. Uh, I yeah. mean, it's just it's it's just crazy. And uh, I was trying to think, like you know, well, because I live in San Diego and I've been doing this particular one for a long time. You know, I was like, have I been to others, you know? And it, 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 it's so overshadowed by San Diego. Yeah, I was going to say, Marky, you've been to many others. Many others, but they are overshadowed. Nothing compares. Other than in spirit, nope. nothing compares to San Diego. The original. Wow. Yeah. The biggest, the baddest, uh, at this point, arguably the most out of control yeah, but everything <laughs> that we are going to learn in the future about how to uh, survive, put on, or make our way through cons is going to be learned at San Diego Comic Con. That's yeah. the cutting edge. Everyone copies this. Mm-hmm. This is the template. Yep. Yeah, and justifiably so. San Diego goes ape shit for five days. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's it's been going on for months, but I'm just saying, like, physically, the whole town transforms another popular property. Yeah. But it transforms. <laughs> you just you just can't yeah. help but get a suit. I can't help. I know. It's, yeah. It transforms into this, just this mecca of pop culture it does. is what it's about. It does. Yeah. I mean, I mean, perhaps not the entire city of uh, three or four million people, but if you go downtown to the most influential uh, American metropolis south of Los Angeles, it is completely overrun by by fans. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say geeks, but that's really not fair, but it's fans. And it, I and myself, I don't go out of town for any cons. I'm not a huge con guy. I really like them as a bit of an introvert. You've been I to BotCon. I've been to, but I have traveled as far as about see, fifty miles or so. It leaks out of doesn't time. it? It leaks. It is. It, that's the way it is. It comes out of all of us. We've all been to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's yeah. just there. It's in our. It's in the fabric of of this show of the Saturday morning serial of the culture people of, of the culture of, of, of everybody. Yes. Yeah, it, we we grew up with it. It surrounds us. What does Yoda say? Penetrates us, binds us. I know it's a little sadistic. <laughs> what, but you it mean on the police report? What did he say? <laughs> yeah, he says this to Luke Skywalker. He says it. The Force is what he's talking about. In this case, I'm talking about Comic Con, but it's everywhere. It is. And it, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you as soon as you get into the gas lamp area during during yeah. the Comic Con event, uh, technically speaking, the the con itself, you have to buy. A pass for you walk into the specific physical convention center right next to the water in downtown San Diego. But if you just go to downtown San Diego during this thing, you are going to find literally dozens of events. Mm-hmm. You are going to find entire restaurants bought out and redecorated yep. specifically with con themes in mind. Uh, with with uh, the it, there's there's only a few you know thirty forty story buildings in downtown San Diego during Comic Con, movie studios rent out the entire face of these buildings for ads. Yep, 
just just to give you an idea of the throng of fans of people who show up knowing this is going to be good. Well, you know, it's um, it's basically it's a situation where every single camera is pointed this way at least next week. We want to get you ready for it. Well, exactly. Major major studios rely on this week to promote and celebrate their properties, their themes, their upcoming projects. And now is, you know, now is the time where it all just goes completely bananas. Yeah. You know, they're, they have, they have fed this beast. This beast is huge and they're going to let it loose. They've got all, all the animals in the Serengeti are at the watering hole now. So this is when they drop the big giant (laughs) announcements, the bombshells, the previews, the, the bad B movie posters yeah. and the uh, the crazy viral marketing things—they're all going to be hitting here at San Diego Comic Con. Uh, uh, bad news for me, Marky, and uh, and Slick here is that Slick is not going to be joining us this year. Uh, so, yep, he's not going to. He's no. Slick, do you want to address that a little? Uh... <laughs> yeah. So. Um... Uh, Mrs. McFavorite and I uh, had a child. It had uh, what started off as uh, BMF, Baby McFavorite, and now has uh, grown to uh, 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 TMF, Toddler McFavorite. And uh, so, so we first uh, we first stopped our run of consecutive years when Mrs. McFavorite was due uh, three weeks after Comic-Con two years ago. So definitely didn't want to take any risks trying to travel or anything like that. So That's prudent. Uh, we, Other fans listening, take that, take that <laughs> advice to heart. Your nine-month pregnant wife should not be a Comic-Con. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We yeah. totally agree with you. Yes. Yeah, even if you live in San Diego, you should not be a company. So so then we went back last year, and it's crazy. Like, I hate to be that cliche, but everything kind of had changed, you know. I mean, we we both missed our daughter incredibly, um, and it was one of those things where we we almost wished that, you know, we had her with her. Again, do not take babies <laughs> or toddlers to Comic-Con. We just do not bring a one-year-old them. baby to Comic-Con. No, yeah. you don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Zero months old, 12 months old, I would say up until around – they need I to can't be do the math, no. but the hundreds of months old. I, I'm going to say 12 years old is yeah. I was probably say, the lowest that a kid can handle this. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it, if your kid can't stand on their feet for eight hours, if they can't be in a crowd of 100,000 people and not freak out, if your kid, you know, can't use a cell phone to call you, if your kid can't follow simple instructions on where to meet if you get separated. Or, or if your kid just can't take a beating because it's... <laughs> a, a lot of these actually kind of apply to me, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Or if your kid is Grimshay, yeah, you should not be... Your a... baby shouldn't leave him at Comic-Con by himself for too long. It's just... However... 
<laughs> that being said, that being said, he's planning on having his wife give birth on the show floor <laughs> on Thursday. If you are a good parent and you think your kid can take it, please bring them to Comic Con because <laughs> they're very welcome oh, here. Yeah, everyone. Cool kids welcome, are welcomed. But go ahead and use your uh, your parental authority. Just no whiny little bastards. That's all I'm asking for. Okay? Well, just just to give you, just to put a put a cap on this. My my wife is uh, 29 ish, and about two or three in the afternoon, it starts coming out, and she's whining and she's bitching. So you know, just just take that with a grain of salt. And, and I'm not I'm not far behind her by any means. This thing will zap you. If you and we'll we'll talk about you know some survival techniques later on, but you know I I mean it takes it takes a lot of enthusiasm, and it takes a lot of tolerance. You know, yeah. well put. That's actually the one thing that you need in that bag more than anything is uh, tolerance. See, I was gonna say it takes more enthusiasm. Because I I just I generally lack the enthusiasm. I have plenty of tolerance, but when I go there, I'm like, all right, this is kind of fun. Uh, this is kind of crowded. Now this is kind of constrained and rigid. Okay, well, I'm still tolerating it. Well, and you know, and lunch. even let's let's give some credit to the Comic Con people because what it what it was originally like the whole plan of it was is that all of us adults. We get worn the hell out. Oh, yeah. And then Sundays were the kids' days. They had done that. Yeah, it, like all the programming, if you look at the old school schedules, the old the old school programs, all of the programs on Sunday had a K right next to it. K for kids. And, you know, and as crazy as this is going to sound to many of our listeners right now, I've been living in San Diego for 14 years. I've gone to Comic-Con 13 of those times, and I remember a time where, nah, I'm not going to go Sunday. There's too many kids. You know, like, we would, or, or I would go, like, at 2 o'clock and just kind of walk the floor one last time. I would drop in, whatever. Like, it just wasn't that big a deal. Is it different now? Oh, yeah. oh I, I go. Sunday's uh, a big day now. I went through so much trouble to get into Comic-Con. I'm going to be damn sure I'm going to go every, <laughs> every hour. So, yeah, you know, like it's totally different, but that was the original intent of that Sunday. It was. It started late, ended early. It was for the kids. All right. So, anyway, that wraps up our advice for parents, and we'll get back to uh, Slick. You're not coming this year, huh? <laughs> no, no. And so, you know, it was one of those things – I mean that's a perfect lead into to why why I'm not is um basically now with the child and everything uh I I uh, I'm attending one out of town con all year and uh if you listen to this show religiously you you heard me talk about uh well you heard me on my way home from my one out of town con this yeah. year, which was G.I. Joe Con. And and it was literally picked because it is so low key. Um mm. uh Mrs. McFavor really, you know, granted 
Markey and Grim Shea are, are amazing reasons to come out to San Diego. But uh, Miss McFavorite is really my rock for San Diego Comic-Con. We're kind of uh, inseparable for the most part. And, and she didn't want to leave Baby McFavorite behind. So if it was just going to be me, I really wanted something low-key, just enjoyable. And as you'll hear later on in the show, they had amazing exclusives at G.I. Joe Con this year. Um, so, so I picked that one, but, uh, next year is, is looking good. I, you know, I, I, I think this, uh, on, on one year, off one year will work well. You know, it, it's absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. But you're, you're going to have to watch out because the one year that I took off, um, I went to Hawaii. It was a, it was a separate work function and I, I ended up picking to go to Hawaii. All expenses paid. Went to Hawaii. Had a great time. Missed Comic-Con that year. The only time since I've lived here. I came back the next year and it just seemed like everything just went completely apeshit. You know, like, so you're going to notice a huge difference. Yeah. Can, yeah. can you imagine, Slick, if, if you just didn't see a toddler McFavorite? For a year. For two whole years in a row. Right. And then you come back. Can that's, you just think how big she is? Yeah. It's gonna, that's what's happening gonna, to your baby out here. That's what's going to happen. That's exactly well, yeah. what's going to happen. <laughs> so I mean, get I, ready. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I'm, just, I'm just hoping this whole, like, you know, this whole geek is chic thing dies down, you know, literally I thought five years ago, it like, oh, it's hit its peak. You know, there, there's, there's three comic book movies a year now, you know, this thing's gotta be over soon, you know, no, it's, it's, now, it's more and more bankable every season. So, yeah. well, you know, like we were, um, I think it's more likely they'll stop calling it Comic Con than they'll disband it. <laughs> they'll just call it Movie Con. San Diego, come over here. Yeah. It'll be... Above it all, it is about popular culture. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> it Although, should have been the mainstream the whole time. <laughs> you, you could argue when it first started, though, it was more kind of about counterculture, not political counterculture like Anarchist Cookbook, but I about know. like, hey, there's nowhere else where we talk about comic books. But remember, nowhere else where we get together and dress up like. But characters. remember, what I am saying is that even yep. back in those days, it turned it, out it was pop. It, culture. it was pop culture. That's what they wanted to do. That's, they wanted to admit it, but they were too afraid. The culture was born. The pop just took a few more years <laughs> to get into the picture. There you go. So now, here we are. So here we are. We're done eating our Saturday morning cereal, and we're <laughs> taken to the airwaves to tell you what the hell's going on at Comic-Con 2014 in San Diego. Uh, actually, you know what? That's a good question. What the hell is going on this year? Oh, Jesus. Okay, well, look. Um, like two, three panels, I, I couple think celebrities. That... What, what, what's the deal? <laughs> I think that we need to just kind of get into the flow a little bit. Oh, you want to okay? get people involved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that we should basically say, you know, let's, let's look at our cavalcade of guests, okay? And let's just say who of this long list of guests, and we're going to keep you all in suspense, who right now can give you a good introduction into what it's like to be at a con. Oh, I do remember uh especially Dan Casey. Yeah. Uh he's uh editor down at the nerdist.com. Mm-hmm. 
uh, a guy who, well, I guess that kind of says it. He's a nerd, self-admitted, and yep. he's also very, very good at journalism. Mm-hmm. I, I want to hear what Dan Casey. You want to hear what Dan Casey has to say? He says it a lot better than we do. Here I we bet. go. Let's uh, let's let's take him on. Go ahead, Magic Interview Machine. Take us away. Meanwhile, the Comic Con explosion the last fifteen twenty years. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you've done more than your fair share of them. I've um, so I'm actually pretty new to the convention scene. I uh, I've only been to Comic Con twice. I've been the last two years, uh, but even that, it's just grow in the, that span of two years. It's grown exponentially. It's this. It's just a real testament to how uh, how strong of a grasp that pop culture and these sort of uh, geek facing properties have on the cultural zeitgeist. And it's you know. A lot of people, this is their vacation. Like, they get one vacation a year, and they're taking the family to San Diego Comic-Con. And, you know, that's so cool that they have this place where they can feel at home, where they can feel like they can express themselves, and they can interact with the the things they love and meet some of the people behind the things they love. Um, That being said, it is such a sprawl now that I do feel bad because you see people waiting outside for days and days to get into a panel, and then sometimes people have been waiting outside for, you know, 24 hours, and then they come time for the panel, and they don't even make it in because it's too packed. So it's, uh, it's a double-edged sword because it's a great thing to have for the community, but as it becomes increasingly commercialized and it becomes bigger and bigger, you know, some of these fans who it's, a, it's like a sort of a, a nice, safe, sacred space for them, they're sort of getting pushed to the side a little bit. Yeah, you know, that very much, in fact, uh, yeah, we are uh, located in San Diego. Uh, oh, nice. I've been to several of them. Mark E. goes every year mm-hmm. as our, as our uh, press coverage, uh, and, but mostly as a fan. How many years in a row have you gone now, Mark? Well, I actually, um, I, I, just, I was just talking about this uh, yesterday. Um, I probably have been to 12 or 13 of them. Um, and wow. There was a there was a point where I had to take a year off because I um, I had a another meeting that I had to go to in Hawaii so I had an all expense you know paid trip to go out there and so I decided to take it um, and it was pro- that was probably about six or seven years ago it seemed to me that the year before I took that year off and then the year after that it was a huge difference I mean it was a totally different beast when I came back. Um, but yeah, I've been to about 13 of them probably. Uh, wow. And it, and it gets yeah. bigger and crazier every, every time. But as it, as it kind of grows outward, it kind of pushes people out and that kind of pushes them right into what you are doing because you are in a position to bring them that content that they, and that, that kind of connection to these properties. Was, was, yeah. Would you not agree with that? No, I definitely, I definitely think you're right. Especially, you know, there's with the the whole rise of geek journalism. There's definitely ways for people to stay connected and feel like they're part of the process, even if they can't make it to Comic Con themselves or say they can't. No, you know, it's it's just uh, unless you have some sort of TARDIS or time travel device, you're not going to be able to see every panel on Earth or to everything you want to see. Right. Yeah. So that's where we get to fill in the gaps and like, you know, we get to do these interviews with people. The other people get to. Uh, you know, other people might get to sit in Hall H and see the brand new uh, mind-blowing Godzilla footage, but then we get to talk to the cast about it, and then you go a little bit deeper and bring them inside the world of that. Yeah, yeah. You 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 go as a journalist, but then as a journalist, you have to assume the role of a fan. 
Because exactly. there is well, so it, much management of, of, of the opportunities there. It helps that huge nerd is right below journalist on my LinkedIn profile. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get, get you moved right up there. Well, then, uh, exactly. In, in both of your considered opinions, then, do you think it's hit a tipping point or for the San Diego Comic-Con at the very least? Do you think it's no longer a viable grassroots alternative uh, uh, culture event? I don't think there's uh, I don't think there's much that's grassroots about San Diego Comic Con anymore. I mean, once upon a time, yes, but now it's definitely kind of like a corporate behemoth, and I mean that in a good way. It still serves a great purpose, and it's a fantastic time. But uh, it's there's so much uh, giant movie studio presence. Like people are they're doing these activations all over town. You can't walk down you can't walk through the gas lamp district without getting handed some sort of promotion for a new show mm-hmm. coming out. Or you know it's it is getting it is maybe approaching a tipping point i i i don't know i don't want to i i i don't want to think about it collapsing in on itself but I, it's <laughs> yeah. definitely at it's definitely at a uh, it's grown to be i think bigger than anyone intended or could have conceived yeah yeah it is it is a behemoth it is a behemoth and that's probably why over the last several years you've seen so many other smaller cons not even just the fact that i think the official comic con has branched out to several cities, but you've got like WonderCon. Yeah, and WonderCon is actually, uh, that's by the same people that do Comic-Con. It's sort of meant yeah. to be, yeah, it's a couple months earlier, so it gives, and the nice thing about those smaller cons is you actually have a, a larger chance of getting to the panels you want to go to and getting right. to interact with the, uh, you know, the stars that you want to see. Like, get the smaller space allows for a more intimate experience, but, exactly. you know, there's something, it's, it's like going to a local carnival versus going to Disney World. That's sort of like going to a smaller con versus going to um, Comic-Con. Because you're, you're going to have a good time because no matter what, you're going to have a good time. But it's just going to be a different style. No, that's a good analogy. Yeah, local carnival to Disneyland. Because yeah. If, if geek is a religion, then this is the Mecca. You know, this is where yeah. everybody goes. And, uh, you know, everybody here should definitely go there, at least, you know, try to go there once and just kind of try to experience this. It's a massive undertaking, and you'll never be more exhausted, tired, and broke and happy uh, in your life. I mean, it, it really is a awesome experience. But if you don't get to go, then you, you know, you have to rely on, um, you know, sites like The Nerdist and um, guys like Dan and guys you know, like Chris Hardwick, um, you guys are kind of helping kind of move that needle and fulfilling that, that fix um, for that kind of insight, you know, and that kind of news and that kind of content. Yeah, you bring that geek smack. <laughs> geek smack. Geeking out again. Geeking out again. It comes out again. All right. And I was wondering if you had any little advice for him. Everybody walking through the, to the, to the first set of doors of any con, it can be intimidating. You got a lot of choices. Okay. You got a lot of areas. A lot of decisions. You got a lot of decisions. You got yeah. to right off the bat. Time management. Yeah. Most important. Here's you can see. Here's you can't see. I've got two huge tips. Uh, first of all, 
food in any convention center is worse than like gulag gruel. It's, it's <laughs> basically inedible. Like you remember, you remember pizzas in your high school cafeteria? It's that divided by cardboard. They're terrible. Oh. So pack some snacks. Pack some snacks. Like put some granola bars in your bag. Maybe some apples or something. That way you won't spend twenty dollars on the saddest like bowl of pasta you've ever seen. Um, and, and the Anaheim Convention Center is particularly bad about this. Um, in recent years, they've had some food trucks out front, which has been great. But then, uh, especially if you go around lunchtime, you're going to be waiting for a good hour to even get up there and order. So if you're oh. keeping a tight schedule or trying to make a panel, that uh, might impact your day a little bit. The second thing is bring some comfortable shoes because you're going to be on your feet quite a bit. Uh, you know, whether it's wading through, wading through crowds or wading in line, you can't always uh, sit down. So comfortable shoes, uh, your feet will thank you later when they are thoroughly unblistered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> comfortable shoes and food, too. Yes. Two, two good pieces of advice, no matter yep. what you're going to do. But especially oh, and, and uh, also... Every year I go to a convention and you're going to wind up getting con plague if you're not careful. Someone there is like Gwyneth Paltrow in Contagion. They're going to get you sick and destroy the world. So bring some antibacterial, wash your hands, and bring some sanitizer. Oh, well, I never really thought about it like that, but yeah, you're right. It is. A, it yeah. can be pretty gooey uh, around there. Yeah, I, can, well, I came home from Comic-Con last year with uh, some awful respiratory infection that I did not have the time or patience to deal with. <laughs> well, I guess, I, I guess, Marky, when you go to the con and you can't figure out why you're not sick... That means you're probably patient zero. No, I think yeah. it actually means I'm just, I, I actually think it means I just I drink too much at these things. That's what I think. It means. <laughs> you're taking That's... preventative measures. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Nothing will stick to me. I'll tell you yeah. right now. Yeah. Yes. Mark would like to echo all that advice and add, bring a big flask as well. <laughs> yeah, bring a flask. You're going to love it. Yes, for your water. <laughs> yeah, yes. Wow. Vodka makes the best. Vodka rum. It's, yeah. You know, it uh, makes great water. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile. Oh, that's right. Vodka makes good water. Yes, rum makes good water. Uh, whiskey makes good water. No. Beer probably makes passable water. Whiskey doesn't make good water because Whis- whiskey's dark. Whiskey's dark, and it does have a smell. You're right. Yep. yep. No, no. Vodka, rum. Well, vodka's the best because vodka smells like nothing. The best vodka smells like nothing. Wait a minute. I'm starting to get the idea you guys encourage a little bit of drinking. Not a little. The con. <laughs> oh, like, my mistake. Uh, <laughs> my mistake. And that's true. I've seen the two of you at cons. There is a level you achieve. It's not like... We're going to the Metallica show. Let's get fucked up. Look, look. This is, it's a, it's this a gradual, is not, day-long... It's, it's not spring break, okay? Yeah. All right? Like, it's you don't go out there. You're not getting all hammered, and you're... Yeah. It, this is Mad Men with a flask. Exactly. In between meetings. It's much more like Mad Men. The, the crystal, yeah. the crystal yeah. vase with the glasses in the office. Exactly. Okay, I get it. However... If there's one rule from spring break that translates into Comic-Con, it's you stay where you lay. Control your shit. If you cannot handle the booze you're drinking, we're leaving you behind, pal. Because I got to go get this goddamn. I got to get to this panel. Yeah. I got to get this exclusive. Yeah. I cannot it, handle it, it, you. There is you another know? big difference between spring break and Comic Con. <laughs> I got lines. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to do. But you um, guys are kind of experts at that. I mean, I've been to many a Comic Con, but not, I don't live it the way you guys do. So I want you 
to tell me how am I going to survive? You know, uh, let's assume I'm like the two of you and a raging alcoholic, mm-hmm. and and I want to go with a flask. <laughs> I need to feed myself. Uh, I expect uh, to stay there more than twelve hours that day. What do I do? How does that work? Go ahead. Well, what you need, so first you need a nondescript container for your <laughs> alcohol. I mean, you, you can't, you definitely don't want to take a flask. A flask no. is a big, shiny metal beacon <laughs> that says I'm breaking the law. Yeah. So, and, and I've got about nine ounces of, it's of, also very small. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not get yeah. you far. Which is why vodka makes the best water. Like, get a water bottle yep, exactly. and put vodka no, in it. And you're fine. Yeah, yeah, we carry we carry a 24 ounce, and and this is a piece, you know, between uh, me, Marquis, and Mrs. McFavorite. Uh, we each carry a 24 ounce water bottle. So if you're up on your conversions, uh, one ounce is equal to one beer. <laughs> or one glass of wine, one eight-ounce glass of wine. So that that's so enough to you're carry talking you about through a case. the day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all that you need. I mean, yeah. look, don't get shit-faced and act like an asshole. You know, like, but there is, there is a term. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but it's called taking the edge off. Have you heard of this term? <laughs> and that is what is this it similar does. to functional alcoholism? No, I, no, no, like about, no. But I hear what you're saying. You just got to take the edge off. Just give me just, just a little pepper on that steak. That's all I'm asking <laughs> for. You know, and that's what this does, man. Like, uh, look, I'm there so, at eight in the morning. It is. It's a social lubricant, and my God. You are around a lot of raw, moving parts, socially speaking. <laughs> There's a lot of going. <laughs> a little social lubricant goes a long way. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I think that that's what really, that's all we're saying. You got to just kind of, yeah. you got to just lube it up. Oh, I guess unless your doctor already has you on anti-anxiety medication, then please do not take this advice as medical factotum. Yeah, I mean, please you, just take you your own anti-anxiety pills. You obviously want to follow all, you know, all warnings all on bottles of pills and that kind of thing, you know. But yeah. and and the thing that you need to make sure you also have at least, if not more, water, actual water, you know, yeah. with mm-hmm. you, and you need food. I mean, like I say, we're talking about carrying around a case of beer, the equivalent of a case of beer in a water bottle. That should not be done by noon. You know, that is to carry you through the entire day along with proper hydration, you know, like you talked about good footwear and, you know, and, and sandwiches bread you need things to soak that up yeah so so it uh it it enters your system gradually it is about this whole thing whether it's just going to the con having a little having a little booze getting a sandwich popping a pill if that's your thing Mm -hmm. it's about the buzz 
That's what it's about. Uh, it's about uh, the buzz. Wordplay. It's word about play, the buzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and, so and, now know, if I understand this, uh, we're walking into Comic-Con with a giant, uh, I'm guessing like a empty or, or, or like a grocery store plastic sack full of sandwiches, uh, two actual water bottles, one water bottle full of vodka. Um, should we hide these? No. Well, look. There... This is it. Like, look. It seems like a lot of animals. a lot of us. Uh, a lot of the listeners out there are going to be from out of town, mm-hmm. and you're going to be staying within walking distance of the con. Walking it, distance being a relative term, trademark. It's very, very, it's very, very relative. But look, you should. Everyone is going to have a backpack or a bag of some kind, okay? And if you don't have one, they're going to give you some kind of bag. As a matter of fact, there's 13 different Warner <laughs> Brothers sponsored Comic Con bags this year. 13 just Warner 13 Brothers. 13 just Warner <laughs> Brothers ones that you get for free yeah. that can be either shoulder bags or backpacks. You can go on mattypradio.com, take a look at all of them. There's supernatural. And these are kind of a big Warner, deal. Once you get there, you realize these are the moving billboards of the Comic Con. Exactly. The bags and that the vendors give you it has, to carry all your it swag. Has, it has actually turned into like a little. Uh, they're like um, baseball cards. Yeah. In the old collector's day. item. People trade yeah. them. People the trade bags them. Right. are a big deal because you go around the con and you get little trinkets, free swag, big posters, stuff you, you pay need for. This. You do need a and big find some room. Bag. Find some room in that bag to carry yourself a couple of sandwiches. Carry some nuts, <laughs> bag of chips, okay, and your waters mm-hmm. of various flavors, whatever it is. Put that all in there because you're going to be there a long time. Some of you can park. Some of you can have cars. Some of you can do all those things. That's fine, but it's going to be very limited. But you want to have stuff on you. You want to survive. And you want to be able to sustain yourself in one place for a long time. That's the key. How long are we talking about for those who don't know? Are we saying, like, this is a six-hour event? Well, look, if you want to see the Walking Dead panel, which is on Friday, you better get your ass there. At seven or eight in the morning on Friday, to give yourself a reasonable chance to get into Walking Dead, which I believe is at eleven a.m. That and that and that is yeah, that would be cutting it close. But and that's cutting it close. I haven't read the article, um, but they are doing uh, bracelets this year. Yep, I heard about Uh, this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and I haven't undoubtedly I, going to cause a big backlash, but it'll also probably move things along. Um, I actually have not heard. I mean, well, I have heard how it's going to work, but I cannot reasonably see how it's going to work. So for all of <laughs> for so for all the listeners out there, this is what I know. Uh, for all of you uninitiated San Diego Comic Con goers, Hall H is the major room. For Comic Con, it's 5, it, it hosts how people? How many? Fifty six hundred. Fifty six hundred. A Laker game holds about ten. 
Oh. And that's a big place. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so you're talking um, a little over half of Staples. Yeah, for half one of Staples convention. for one convention. For one well, room for one at one panel. convention. Yes, exactly. Convention. So it's huge, and there's always big lines. Um, famously, this is where the Twilight ones were, and this causes problems. A, a girl a couple years ago, not kidding, and jokes aside, was killed when she was waiting in line and a car hit her. Because the line wraps around over across streets. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to control the line. She was standing in the street, by the way. Nothing against the girl, but yeah, she it, crossed. They the did not actually set up the line across the street. No, but she kind of terrible image. She kind of jumped across. It was terribly it was, unfortunate. And in order to get to this panel, this but, poor thing lost her life. But basically, if there was no Hall H, there would be no reason for her to be there, and so. I blame yeah, I mean, that, I that's the frenzy that is involved was exactly. the it's line the started moving and she freaked out and ran across the street without looking both ways. Exactly. Yeah. And that is and that's what they're trying to get ahead of a little bit. And so what they're doing is from my understanding of this process is that if you're in line where you are in line at this particular moment when somebody is going to walk around. <laughs> they're going to have bracelets on them that are going to be color-coded. So you're in line at 7 a.m. I'm just totally making this up right now, but let's just say no. you're going to get for a green one sake, for argument's sake. For an 7 a.m., green, bra green bracelet, green bracelet, green, uh, green bracelet all the way down. Everyone with a green bracelet, you guys can go because you're not going to get in until about 10 o'clock. Yeah. So everyone with a green bracelet can go, and then the next group comes up, and they're going to get brown or whatever the hell. Now, it's only for the first panel. That's important. So at oh, 9 o'clock, when the first panel comes out, bracelets color don't mean shit. So it's really – like, let me actually back that up a little bit. It's still in that order, but it's not for that panel anymore. It's just this is the next in line. It's not for the next in line at 3 p.m. It's just the next in line. So um, it's going to help, and it's going to prevent those situations that we were talking about earlier. Because yeah. it's, it's, I think the other thing that it that it that it does is that it really it prevents a lot of line cutting. Yeah, um, which does go to blows yep. at Comic Con. It it's does a lot well, of problems, it's, you know. It, it's blows. you know, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, it's one of those things where, where this is where it pays to have friends. I know. While you're while you're going and getting your exclusives, you have a friend that's been waiting in the line for Hall H for you know, for five hours. And then you get everybody's exclusives, and you slide in there 15 minutes before the time of the panel you want to see, you know. Yep. But down, uh, there, is, there is still a way to do that. But, yeah, well, but what he means, I think, is uh, <laughs> uh, get, tell me if I'm wrong here, Slick, is that if you do that now, you're not wearing that bracelet. But it's if not you're there, transferable thing. but if you're there when they hand out the bracelet, you can still leave. Because you're going to yeah. come back anyway. Exactly. So yeah, they try to retool it from the back. Exactly. End. So basically, once you get your bracelet, 
you're kind of free to go. Yep. I would. My suggestion to all you listeners out there who are going to be at Comic Con this year, if you really, really, really want to see The Walking Dead on Friday, get your ass there really early Friday morning. Get your bracelet and then go take care of whatever you got to take care of. Get your donuts. Yeah. Get your coffee. Yeah. Go to the well. The, go to the Hasbro line. Do whatever you got to do. I'm glad you said that because I think that, uh, from what I understand, just logistically of cons. That is one of the biggest aspects. It's about your time management because time management. there is such a wide open field of experiences available at Comic-Con, but there are so many people and only so much time in the day. You kind of have to get there with, with your dream plan of what you want to hit based on what is where and when versus what you want somewhere else a little bit later. And then it even pays to have three or four backup dream plans. Yep. Because mm-hmm. very easily one of those bricks can come out of the Jenga you know, a tower and you've got to start all over again. It's, it is very important that you don't get too tied up on anything specifically. And But the mirror image of that is that if you really, really, really want to see something, if you prioritize your time, let's let's go back to Walking Dead. If you want to see Walking Dead panel at Friday, you sacrifice everything to go to it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that's what right. you need to do. So, and that's okay. It's trade offs. It's opportunity costs. You know, that's what you're looking to do. Um, I think that when it comes down to it. It's really about fun. It's really about enjoying your time there. We had the chance to talk to somebody who, she's famous. She's been in Joss Whedon programs. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and I know he, who you're talking and, about. And, and she's got beautiful blue eyes. Um, but even her, in her high stature, even when she goes to Comic-Con, when she goes to conventions, even she can geek out a little bit. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you mean uh, Miracle Laurie. Miracle Laurie. Yeah, Miracle Laurie, who, yeah. who, Mark, and you can see him kind of dreamily drifting away I, I if totally you were here did. in the studio with me <laughs> because he had the chance to talk to her last Comic-Con, yeah, yeah. and we talked to her just recently yep. a couple of weeks ago, and as soon as he got on the – and uh, he talked to her in person mm-hmm. last year at Comic-Con for just a few minutes – and once we got on the phone with her to do an interview uh, just very recently, she immediately recognized it. I know. It made his year. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so, all right. Let's, why don't we talk to Miracle Lori about cons? Because... By the way, Miracle Lori, she was in a Josh Whedon show you may have heard of called Dollhouse. Here we go. Yeah. Or if anything, that's the one you didn't hear of. But trust me, it was good. <laughs> all right, Magic <laughs> Interview Machine, show us Miracle Lori. When it comes to being at, you know, at, in the mecca of our world is at these conventions, um, most specifically at the San Diego uh, Con, but, you know, you could find it anywhere. Um, what's it like when somebody kind of comes up to you um, and, you know, they obviously know you from, it's probably Tall House, we're all big fans of that show. Um, but, you know, what's, what's that whole process like? And we, we've been kind of asking everybody the same question today. Um, how do how do we come up to you if we're a fan? What's the best way to approach you? 
Uh, just do it. <laughs> See, I knew it. Don't, like, I knew it. punch me in the face or anything. <laughs> um, okay, but so yeah, there are some boundaries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try not, try not to, to touch in a, in a naughty or evil way. Um, <laughs> usually, usually just, hi, my name is so-and-so. I don't know. Everyone knows what they're doing. I would just say don't be shy because yeah. guess what? Actors are insanely insecure. Shocker. Um, so if you want to come up and be like, I really like you, we'll be like, okay, thanks. You know, I mean, please. Well, you know, there's a there's a lot of like Comic Con like lists. You know, uh, you know what to bring, what to pack, you know, what panels to see, what toys to buy, all this stuff. And but nobody ever really covers it from your perspective. You know, what's the best way yeah. to come up and like approach you? So I'm, I was here thinking like that would be an interesting thing. You know, what's the best way? Because a lot of us are just yeah, we are. You know, the reason a lot of the reason why we're in this kind of realm is because we're kind of the wallflower. You know, we're kind of the right. We're the we're the guy at the end of the of the party. We're kind of intellectual. We're kind of introverted, and we kind of don't know. And you know, Miracle Laurie's in front of me, and all those beautiful blue eyes. Oh my gosh! You know, why can I go oh, up there? Boy. Right. You know, we're, we're nervous. We're nervous. So you know, just give uh, us something to say. What can we say to Miracle to to just kind of break the wall down? Um, Remember, we don't want to find people... out you're just a normal person. No. <laughs> I know. We have to be extraordinary. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people say there are three flowers in a vase. They'll just come up and say that and see if I, like, get ninja on them, which I think is funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, well, I would have okay, thought I'll tell I you was something. clever if I had done that. Oh, well. No, no, it's, it's good. It's okay. Go no, ahead. it is. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's, I... The thing, the thing for me, I'll just take it, I'll just tell you my perspective as a fan of other actors and, and artists and stuff. I, something happens to me, I'll just tell you a quick story. Um, I was doing a convention in New York and I'm a huge fan of the monkeys, specifically Davy Jones, may he rest in peace, but Mickey Dolenz was there and they're all super talented. He, he's crazy talented. And I said to the conductor, I was like, I'm a huge fan. Like, I thought I was going to marry Davy Jones when I was a kid because I didn't know they were reruns. I thought this was all happening in real time. And I thought <laughs> they were all young and beautiful. And, and I just thought they were the best thing ever. And I thought I'd just love to meet him. If, if we can make that happen, that would be great. I'd be super appreciative. They're like, okay. Like a day and a half goes by. And then all of a sudden I have a line. And they're like, he's free. If you want to come, you have to do it now. I was like, sure. So I go over, he was as kind as could be, like he grew up where I live now, so we had things to talk about, and I said, do you mind if we take a picture? He's like, oh, sure, of course, and so he took a picture of me. I looked totally ridiculous, just like deer in the headlights, stupid smile on my face, and he goes, okay, well, I'll let you get back, and I got to get back, and I was like, great. So I walk away, you guys, I literally turn around and just start bawling. <laughs> like, <laughs> it didn't feel like I was going to cry. It totally took me off guard, and I was just sobbing like all the I don't know I can't even tell you what happened it was like all this pent-up energy or just like loving the, the the monkeys for 25 years and finally meeting one of them was just something happened and clicked meanwhile I have like a whole line of fans waiting for me and I was like just give me a minute guys like I dug under my table I pulled myself together I put my makeup back on and I pop up like nothing happened it was hilarious so well, and you know what, you know I, what I, think, I think I just found what your tip is I think I, I okay. and that is don't let that opportunity go. If you see right. your, if you see the, the character that you loved in a show, movie, whatever, and they're in front of you, if they're, if they're at the autograph table or if they're just in front of you, 
take the chance, say something, make a noise, and right. make, a, make a connection, no matter how brief or ridiculous it might end up being, because you want to be on the Miracle Lori side of the story and not the guy that said, <laughs> oh, I saw him once and I didn't say anything. And That's, I didn't say anything. Yeah. 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 I, I the, would completely uh, the, agree the with that because tears you don't... are worth the regret. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, and that, and that's what I was about to say. You don't you don't want to not say anything because who knows when you'll see those people again. You know, you're giving you you paid all this money. A lot of people fly a long way to go to Comic Con, to go to whatever. You know, at Baltimore, pick a place in London. You know, I've done these all over the place. They happen all the time. But for some people, like this is their everything. This is their vacation. So they save up. It's a big deal. If you happen to go and your favorite star is like a surprise guest. You wait in that two-hour line, and you go say something, because I agree. this might be yeah. your only shot. Yeah, not going that extra five feet after that right. far. And my really my wish is that, yeah. <laughs> well, and my wish is that every actor and artist and, you know, whoever you're a fan of, I just hope that they are kind and appreciative of you coming up to them, because that means a lot, too. It means a lot to me, and I know it means a lot to uh, some other people, and I know I've heard, you know, bad, you hear bad stories, too, and maybe they had a bad day. Who knows what the hell is going on? So I just, I, you know, we're appreciative, too, and, and the fact that you are going to wait in line and say, I can't afford to, to you know, you know, pay for a picture signed by you because I spent all my money on, you know, pick, pick somebody. Um, I don't care. You know, I'm there to meet the fans, too. I'm there for the experience. So if you want to come up and tell me that, you know, this scene meant this or the fact that I'm, you know, a normal-sized person made you feel better about yourself, like, I win, too. You know, it's a win-win for us as well. And it's a beautiful thing. Mutual admiration is a very, very lovely experience to have in life when there are so many haters out there in the world. So I say... Just go balls out, excuse me, <laughs> and yeah, no, balls just out go good. for it. <laughs> Meanwhile, ah, you see that? You see that? Miracle Lori proves that even the celebrities can be total fans. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I don't know. That that makes me feel either more like a celebrity or less like a fan or something. But that's awesome. She she lost her nuts for Davy Jones. <laughs> <laughs> she said nuts. <laughs> uh, well, check her. You see any? <laughs> I guess you're right. She did. Yeah. She she doesn't have nuts. I'll give you that. Exactly. But yeah, she got. You know, she was crazy for Davy Jones. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And that's uh, that that human level. I love that. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And you know, and she did. She had no no clue. She had no idea yeah. that her next series. Which we've been looking forward to, nobility. This series. Oh, you're talking about nobility. I'm talking about yep. nobility. We've we've not had one but two shows dedicated to nobility, uh, but she is actually going to be co-starring with the Davy Jones of Star Trek, Walter Koenig. Ah, Chekhov, the young kid, <laughs> exactly. back 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 in the late '60s, Walter. Koenig. Walter Koenig, absolutely, and yeah, oh, yeah. You know what? We asked him kind of the same question. Uh, about uh, because I really kind of feel like he was he he's the one he started. You're going to ask of all the guests we have if, if if anyone that we've ever talked to was going to sci-fi conventions before Comic Con existed, yep. it would be one of the original members of uh, Star Trek. Yep. When we asked him the same question that we asked a lot of our guests just recently about, uh, in case you weren't listening, it's. We want to know the best way for us, the fan, to approach them, mm -hmm. the talent, 
at a Comic Con. That's what we wanted to know. And he, to get and, under their defenses. And he and gave us a fresh he take. He gave us, I think, the best, the freshest answer. Anyway, I think you he want knows to hear what, what he said. He knows what works. You want to hear what he said? Let's do this. Let's it. Listen to this. Meanwhile, do you uh, do, do you still go to cons, or is that yeah? Because... I do. I do. Oh, bless your heart. And are you like a rock star when you go to one? Uh, there aren't too many, too many seventy-seven-year-old rock stars out there. <laughs> I'm the rocking chair star. <laughs> <laughs> it's even better, but <laughs> well, that's well, you know, uh, if if I were as a fan to see you at a convention, what would be, in your opinion, the best way to approach you? Because I know people probably lose their minds when they try to talk to you. And if you just could give a little advice to all of us uh, starstruck ones who would like to uh, share a moment with you or get an autograph or just express our thanks, what is the best way to do that? I've got a feature film with a great part for you. Would you be interested in playing it? <laughs> oh my God! I can't believe I've never tried that. <laughs> well, there you go. Okay. Yeah. yeah there. Uh, do I actually have to have one, or just say that? Well, that's the way to approach it. Once I find out okay. that you don't, then I can say thank you very much. <laughs> Here's three quarters of an autograph, and now you can go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's right, everybody. Walter can check off Canaan. <laughs> oh, I still cannot believe we talked to that guy. I know. I know. I know. It was. I found him to be adorable. I know. That, I just, that whole. That whole. <laughs> I've got a major Hollywood uh, motion picture. I think I've got a part in it for you. Yeah, I know. That was <laughs> awesome. And you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to. You know, the next time, if I'm a, you know, just like. Miracle Lori was nervous. If I'm nervous going up to Walter Koenig or someone of that stature, let's say it's Shatner, whatever, Mark Hamill, oh, my God. Hey, Mark Hamill, I got a major Hollywood script for you. Awesome. <laughs> you don't even sound nervous there. Never, ever, ever heard that kind of advice before, and that's mm-hmm. And brilliant. advice like that can save you a lot of time, which is very important because the con, Comic-Con, San Diego 2014 is a, I'm not kidding, jam-packed event. Adrian Wilkinson, who we also had a chance to talk to, gave us incredible advice on missed opportunities. Meanwhile, when you're at the cons, let's just say that you, uh, you control the universe for a second here. Could, could you okay. describe to us what the best way to approach you would be, like your ideal fan encounter from your point of view, what what would that be? I would say just being your authentic self. Um, there's a lot of people, it's, it's a really fascinating experiment in psychology because there's a lot of people that come up and they're so moved by your character or what your character meant to them that they'll be shaking and crying and truly unable to speak and that always is amazing and incredibly surprising to me. But even more so, you'll have all of these people that waited in line, you know, sometimes for hours to be able to see the people they love. And then what they choose to do is they get to the front of the line and then they act like they hate you. <laughs> <They're> just, <laughs> like really, really mean. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, like huh? it's the weirdest thing in the world. Yeah, it's like I couldn't care less. I'm here, and then they're wearing a Zena T-shirt. <laughs> you think <laughs> I just don't believe you? <laughs> so, fandom, yeah, I mean, fandom you know, takes many forms. Yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. It does. It does. And I mean, most of them are are lovely and exciting and fun. And, you know, they're just cool people. So, you know, it's it's lovely to meet them. But you definitely have, you know, a few that uh, don't know where the boundaries are. And you don't want to be one of those people. They live in infamy. So. Well, there you go. Right. You know your boundaries is, is good advice. All right, that was Adrian Wilkinson, everybody. Uh, you may remember her from Xena, Warrior Princess. Uh, she was Lucy Lawless's sister yep, in the sister. show. Yeah. Uh, she was also in, uh, well, she's in an upcoming project we're awfully excited about here at Maddie P Presents Saturday Morning Serial called Nobility. Yeah. Maybe you've heard of it. It was so nice we covered it twice. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, also, she was part of a, a little-known franchise called Star Wars as uh, Maris Brood in the mm-hmm. Force Unleashed video games. Badass uh, character. Yeah, d- provided the voice and also, like, the motion capture yeah. now. Because she, that's what they is, do now. Real, actual actually, actors yes, play she, characters now. Yeah. She's one of them. She's the voice. She's the body. She she's is the body. Maris Brood of Star Wars. Exactly, exactly. And uh, Star Wars is going to have a major presence at this year's con. Uh, it's usually what encompasses... Any Star Wars fan is going to basically be in the Star Wars panels all day Friday. Um, Friday is uh, traditionally, that is uh, Star Wars Day. And on that particular morning, um, I get to start that day off attending the Star Wars fan breakfast, which used to be the fan club breakfast, but that no longer exists. Um, Oh, what happened to that? Lucas just canned it. I don't know. I don't, LucasArts just stopped kind of doing it. I think... There's actually not an official Star Wars fan club anymore, even though that's been going on continuously since the you know since the early '80s. Oh, yeah, quietly phase that out. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. But, Disney owns it now. Yeah, this is just a group of fans. This is in the Star Wars Action News, Star Wars SWActionNews.com. Mm-hmm. They started doing this about three or four years ago to make up for the traditional fan club breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went. Uh, I was at the first one. It was called Breakfast with Boba Fett. It was awesome. I got to meet Jeremy Bullock. That was neat. Um, oh, that's good. See, the fans kept it going. Excellent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's it's great. Um, but I get to start the day off early. This is on, this is going to be on my Friday. Uh, the fan club breakfast starts at 730 in the morning on Friday. So I'm going to have to get up like around 6 to get there and to do all that. Um, if you have not RSVP'd for this event, um, well, too bad because it's all filled up. It actually filled up pretty quickly. But... It looks like what? It looks like I have an opportunity for y'all. Uh, it looks like uh, my RSVP is not going to make it on Friday morning. Uh, this was not planned, um, but yeah, if somebody wants to go and you're serious about it, um, you can go as my plus one. I already paid for your seven dollar donation to the uh, Rancho Obi Wan. It's a not-for-profit museum um, yeah. up there in Northern California somewhere. Uh, but, yeah, um, I already made that for you, so you just have to pay for your own breakfast. It's like 20 bucks, and it's, you know. It's so, so for your chance to win this spot, please send uh, $50. <laughs> you do not have to envelope. send me any money <laughs> at all. All you got to do is send me an email just saying, hey, take me. Um, and that's mark at maddiepradiohappyhour.com. 
So I know that's a mouthful, but Mark, M-A-R-K, at Maddie P Radio Happy Hour dot com. Send me an email. Um, I'm not sure if I'll pick the best one or just the first one. Yeah, depends how many I get. You're fickle that way. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, if you want to go, just let me know, and you can go with me. That's the only. That's the only uh, charge is that you have to sit next to me. Okay, uh, so be somewhat interesting. Uh, but following the fan club breakfast, uh, I'm going to have to rush like hell. Um, I'll leave you at that point, but I'm going to rush like hell to get to uh, the big Star Wars Rebels press conference. So I'm going to be um, – that will include the producer, Dave Filoni. He's the guy in the cowboy hat. He's kind of famous around the con floor, around, around Star Wars. Simon Kinberg, and then Vanessa Marshall. She's actually one of the voices in the new Star Wars Rebels show. That'd be, uh, that'll be coming out on uh, Disney Channel XD. I don't know what number that is. Um, yeah, check, check with your local, local service provider. Whatever that is, or satellite, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, it's also going to have Albuquerque Native and Class of 1995. Freddie Prince Jr. is going to be there. Oh, Freddie you know Prince Jr. Yeah. Where has he been? Uh, well, busy, you know. He's a busy guy. He's a successful actor. Well, that's true. That's true. I, I think he's never, got a couple he kids now. He he married Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, that's not bad. He's doing pretty well. That's an Albuquerque boy right there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, yeah, he's going to be a part of the panel uh, for Rebels, and it should be pointed out that um, this is for all you listeners out there. But if you're interested in Star Wars Rebels, which a lot of us are, this is some pretty big news. Um, that panel is going to be on Thursday night. Uh, not on Friday, which is the traditional Star Wars day, but on Thursday night at 6 p.m., that's going to be in room 6BCF, BCF, Bravo Charlie Fox. Um, that's a pretty big room. It's probably the third biggest room. So that so means... up early. Yeah, you're going to have to get there early. It's not big enough for all of us. So get there early. So that's going to be on, what did I say? That's uh, Thursday at 6, I believe you said. Um, 6 p.m., right, room 6BCF. Um, and yeah, they're going to have um, uh, they're going to reveal exclusive content. Uh, rumor is, and they might show the first episode, um, and that's for the upcoming series. So we're all excited about that. Um, but th- these are not this next little group that I'm going to uh, go over for you. This is uh, these are not all the Star Wars panels and programs, but rather my highlights. Uh, not included on this list are going to be nine different panels related to Star Wars games, yeah. mostly card games. You know, yeah, but there's some yeah, video games, yeah, training games, and, and yeah, stuff. exactly. There's, there's a there, bunch of those. Yeah, Star Wars has so much presence there. There is literally more than any one person can see. Well, it's and, just impossible. And as a subset of that, the, uh, these are all the Star Wars card games, and these are basically smaller rooms. And it's just a bunch of tables. It's kind of like if, if you've ever been to like a poker room. Yeah. You're going to walk in. It's going to be just different groups everywhere sitting down and playing. Yeah. I have no idea if this stuff is ranked. I have no idea if there's like official, you know, stats or whatever. Yeah. I get the feeling it's pretty serious because these are packed rooms. Um, yeah. Well, I imagine if you're into the game, this you're is a love unique this. opportunity. Exactly. You bring your deck, you show up, and you play. Right. The, the first panel that I kind of want to touch on, when it comes to my big uh, Star Wars uh, experience, uh, it's going to be the original trilogy uh, on Friday. That's room 7AB, and that's going to be at 11, 11 o'clock. Yeah, 11 in the morning to 12 o'clock. And 
this is the title of it. It's called The Original Trilogy, all right? And for the first time, Lucasfilm has opened its archives to present comprehensive storyboards from the original Star Wars trilogy. Uh, so these are the things that all those artists, all those conceptual artists, uh, Ralph McQuarrie's and whatnot, these are their storyboards. We're going to actually get to see them. And this was famously uh, – this is famously how George Lucas got the funding to do the original Star Wars. It was basically he needed to get these storyboards together so that the guys that were in charge of the money could have any idea what was in his head. Hmm. So these are famous, famous. So there's a whole panel dedicated to this because it's the first time that anybody's really going to see this outside of the Lucasfilm family. I'm super excited about that. That's going to be on Friday, uh, 11 in the morning. Um, the other one that's pretty cool, it's also on a Thursday night, is going to be Phil Tippett. Um, and this is about analog and digital effects. That's going to be on um, – yeah, it's not on Thursday. It's not on Friday. I'm sorry. It's going to be on Saturday, uh, 7.30 to 8.30. Um, and this is from the Academy Award-winning Stop Motion and CGI master Phil Tippett. And I believe he's really famous for getting the big AT-AT walkers to, to move and to walk yeah, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, he's a badass. So um, – this is going to be a panel about um, about him and about his work. He will be there. Uh, Corey Rosen, I think I'm saying his name right, could be Rosen, uh, from Lost World, Jurassic Park, The Host, Grindhouse. Um, and then uh, that's going to be again on Saturday. Um, back to the Hasbro day, though. This is Friday, um, and Hasbro is going to be there. Uh, Friday from uh, at uh, at 12 o'clock, and that's room 7AB. So it's, a, it's it is one of the smaller rooms, just like Slick was talking about. How you know, even if you're, yeah, you, you, know, you might really get something good out of that. Too. Right. Yeah. It's um, it's something you could probably get into. Well, and you well actually, it's not like that anymore. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm sure he'll get to it. Uh, but yeah, it's the you have to get there early. Yeah. You know, there's there's more lines. There's basically lines everywhere. So if Hasbro collecting is your thing, get there early. This is going to be um, Hasbro Star Wars. They're going to have a preview of uh, all the cool toys, all the cool play sets and things like that that are coming out. Hey, Marky, I think if we're talking Hasbro collecting cool Star Wars toys, it's only fair we get Slick in the mix here. huh? Hey, Slick, have you seen what's going on at 11 o'clock? Yes, I have the Hasbro Transformers panel. There it is. What do you think about that? Uh, the, for me at least, a must-see panel every year. I mean, I, I'm in line. Now, now the smaller, especially the action figure panels, as uh, far away ago as Five, six years ago, you could literally walk in when they started and have a good seat and enjoy yourself. Uh, nowadays, even these very specific, a, a toy brand franchise panel, you need to be there at least an hour ahead of time. Um, but this will be where Hasbro announces all their latest and greatest, at least through Toy Fair, which is uh, February of each year. So you'll know what's coming up for Transformer toys for the next six months. 
And this is um, this is going to be some big news because of the new movie, and the new movie launches several other new movies. And, uh, yeah, so whatever you're going to see here is going to be basically what dictates what Transformers are going to look like for the next few few years, right? Yeah. Or at the very least in cinema. And well, just... no, but it's the same thing. Cinema, it's, it's going to translate in, into the toys for the most part. Yeah, and it, it's been interesting. Um, I mean, the lifespan of the movie toys have gotten uh, shorter and shorter. I mean, you can just see it in movies in general. Um, gone are the days where, you know, a Star Wars stays in the movie theaters for a year. You know, right now, you're lucky to have a have a movie in theaters, even a really popular one, for more than six weeks. Um, you're getting DVD for Age of Extinction. It, it was really interesting. The movie had been in theaters for one week before the pre-orders went up for all of the DVD and Blu-ray uh, options. So... Um, uh, they'll be they'll be doing some movie stuff, but they are also launching a new Transformers cartoon, uh, interestingly named Robots in Disguise, which is the mm. same name of a Transformers cartoon from uh, 2001. So a lot of fans in the in the community are a little upset that you know it's very going to be very ambiguous now that we're having two different series called the exact same thing, uh, but they're going to be uh, showing footage from. Uh, as brief as it is, Hasbro usually will show maybe 15 to 30 seconds tops, not even a full trailer like you might see with some movie panels, but 15, 30 seconds tops just to give you a feel of what's coming. So they won't have any toy news about the new show yet, but they'll tease it. They'll, uh, they'll reveal what's coming for the rest of the movie line. Um, and, uh, and then the big thing at these panels is they'll be revealing all of their exclusives and collector specific, uh, uh, toys coming out in the next six to eight months. Well, that sounds all well and good for Transformers, but uh, Marky, take us back to the Star Wars stuff, huh? Uh, also in room 7AB at 1 p.m., one of my favorites every year, and this is the Star Wars Collectibles. Uh, you can join EFX, Gentle Giant Studios, uh, and Sideshow, that's probably my favorite, uh, for uh, product development insights and exclusive previews of their latest Star Wars releases. Um, I love this panel myself because usually every single studio – and these are art studios that are making this. Is it? This is art. Um, they always give stuff away. Every group will give something away. And two out of the last four years, I got a question correct, and I got to take something home for free. So I'm uh, loving this. Keep panel. your streak out, huh? Yeah. Well, I like the best 500. That'd be all right. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Um, uh, at uh, 2 p.m., they're going to be, this is in the same room, room 7AB. That's going to be A New Dawn, which is kind of kicks off the the new expanded universe of Star Wars, which now they're calling it Star Wars Legends. Yeah, because uh, the continuity is going to get all, they just, they're going to blow the continuity to pieces. Yeah. So every novel you read 
it's now just a legend. It might be a part of Star Wars. It might not. You have no idea. So, but this is the first book of that new kind of rebranding. Um, it's better than Lucas changing it later. Yeah. Say it's fake the whole time. Well, yeah, I know. We're still going to be reading it. We're still going to be watching <laughs> I'm going to watch every damn movie yeah. and buy everything anyway. Uh, at 3 p.m., a very interesting Star Wars panel called The Adventures of Luke Skywalker. Um, this is going to revolve around uh, Ralph McQuarrie's art who is he was the conceptualist the main guy uh this is this is going to revolve around the art for the original star wars trilogy um and this is in the form of a book for younger readers uh so this is a little bit more for the kids but still if it's got ralph mcquarrie you can sign me up for that um and if you didn't notice uh on star wars day the brilliant and smart comic-con people pack all these star wars panels into the same room so if star wars is your thing like it is mine uh you get to park your butt in that room for four hours you know yeah. so get in that room and let yep. the panels happen around exactly you. Yeah. and then you know if you don't get a good seat in the first one when some people leave you can move up you can do whatever mm-hmm. take a drink take a sandwich yeah. take some cheetos because you're going to be there a long time yeah they will and let conventional you conventional wisdom says if you want to catch any of those panels, your best odds are showing up for the first one. And yeah, just there's no there. guarantee that many people are going to leave in between. And you can win something when you're at the Star Wars collectibles panel, so don't forget that. Um, but yeah, the I think it's really brilliant that that Comic Con kind of thinks that we're going to be in there the whole time. You know, yeah. and that's I think it, it probably holds for about fifty percent of the, of any of those rooms. Mm. It's the same people. Uh, but something else worth quickly mentioning is that the greatcomiccon.org site, it's comic dash, or no, yeah, dash con dot org, uh, site has such an awesome programming schedule app that if, uh, say you like Star Wars, you can actually search the keyword and all those related programs will be in one place. So it's such a time saver. Uh, any property you want, any actor you might be looking for, um, it's going to search. Uh, you, yeah, you can even search the exhibitors uh, and see where your favorite property may be, or you can search Artist Alley. Um, you can even do the small press uh, and the fan tables. Um, the small press, uh, friends of ours, uh, Devastator Press. Uh, mm-hmm. Remember we got to interview yeah. them? It's still yet to be uh, aired. Uh, yeah. interview we did with Devastator Press. Uh, you guys can look forward to that. But, yeah, they're going to actually be there. And the fan tables, too. Don't forget the fan tables. I love the fan tables. Uh, these are where all the fan clubs come. Um, I'm not sure if you if you remember me taking you there last year. Oh, yeah. I yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, they basically tuck all these guys in the little atrium area, like towards the back of the convention center. Uh, it's one of my places. This is like a little oasis back there. I yeah. love it back there. And it, this is a must-stop area. It's usually a little quieter. It's usually a little cooler. You get to see the sunlight because of all the nice doors and windows. Um, and there's also a lot of, like, like crossing stairways, like stairs. So there's also just lots of places to sit. Yeah, so it's really a cool area. Um, so, yeah, you should stop by. Uh, check out these fan tables, including the world-famous 501st Legion, the Rebel uh, Legion, and the Mandalorian Mercs Costuming Club. Those are all like the Star Wars-based yeah. uh, fan clubs. They're always dressed up. Yeah. They love it when you guys go up there, uh, take pictures, bring your kids, you know. Yeah, um, these are guys and, and, and gals who 
you know, when you see someone in public at one of these cons or, or out on a charity thing who has a complete, like, stormtrooper costume yep. down to every detail, they're probably a part of yep. these groups because these are they, they band together and they do this of their own accord for uh, nonprofit and charity and stuff. So give them a little bit of love while they're oh, in their element. Oh, for sure. And um, actually, uh, famously so, the, the 501st Legion every year hosts a droid hunt. So if you stop by their um, booth, that's in that little atrium space, it's towards the back. Mm-hmm. Go like yeah, if you yeah. take the escalator either up or down, but if you're trying to get out the back just, of yeah. the convention aim, center, they're right before those exactly. back doors. Aim towards the water. Just go yeah. all the way to the back, and go to the fan area. Look for the 501st and participate in the droid hunt. And all you got to do is sign up, like to be on their newsletter or whatever, which is fine. They don't bombard you with it, um, and They'll give you like this little like lanyard to wear, and you just go and enjoy your con. Now, if a couple of stormtroopers see you with that, you're the droid they were looking for. Hey! And they're going to take you back over there, uh, and you'll be entered to win prizes. Um, and I've won a couple of figures. It was cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a really cool tradition. Uh, people actually join it just to collect the. The little badge they give you. The little lanyard thing. Yeah, the little lanyard badge thingy. Well, they were a droid for a day. (laughs) Exactly. It was cool. It was cool. Uh, So, yeah, do that. And then, uh, personally, though, my favorite group would be the gals that run the Jericho fan table. Uh, Grim, you hear me talking about this show all the time. I love it. It stars uh, Skeet Ulrich. And for everyone else at home, uh, he is a huge Jericho nerd. (laughs) Totally so. These are the same people that famously sent Peanuts. Um, and that's an inside joke for all of us that watch the series, to NBC in order to get the network to finish the second season. So fan groups like these, they, you should pay them respect because it's these fan groups that change the course of television or, or pop culture. You know, if it, if it wasn't for fan groups like these, Firefly wouldn't have been made. Yeah, you know, uh, they do, they keep things alive. They bring things back from the dead. They're, they're just wonderful. So check it out. Uh, I highly recommend the, the booth at Jericho. Uh, and if you don't watch Jericho, it'll help us all out if you at least put it on your queue on Netflix. Because uh, they, they have a continuing story of comic books published by IDW. And now it's, it, it ended at season two. Now it's up to season four. They just finished season four. Um, and the comics have been great. But there's been rumors that Netflix is thinking about it. You know, that there might be like a miniseries might, kind might of thing. Might take it back into the live action world. Yeah, right? yeah, because fans like this, uh, fan groups like this are out there. But we need you guys, so at least put it in your queue. And, hey, watch a couple. I think you'll like it, too. Um, so, yeah, check that out. And then, uh, yeah, this is <laughs> – it's funny that we haven't even got to this yet, Grim. Um, but friends of the show. Nobility and Space Command hold a special place in our hearts. They do. They do. And For me and you. Especially. For sure. And yeah. hopefully anyone who's been with us since day one. <laughs> yeah, Space Command was famously yeah. our first official show, although we substituted for the Maddie P. Uh, happy Hour. Yeah. But but uh, for Saturday Morning Serial, yep. the inaugural episode was all about Space Command. Uh, we talked to uh, the creator, Mark Zakri. Yeah. Uh, Doug, Jones, Doug Jones, Dean Hagland, Dean Hagland yeah, from the X Files. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and well, they're going to be there, everybody. Um, uh, 
I think they have a couple of shows ready. I think they're it's it's going to be a web series, and who knows kind of where it lands, but. Yeah, um, I, a lot of stuff is coming out that way now. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have the stigma of, oh, it's just going to be on the web. But a lot of shows that, that just haven't found their own backing but already have a lot of uh, fan support, they're, they're starting on the web. And yeah. there's a good chance, if they're any good, they'll move to Netflix. They might even move to networks or cable networks. They make movies out of it. They, yep. You know, it's, it'll probably be a comic book. You know, yep. Who knows? Uh, but the other show would be Nobility. Oh, that, and, that bad boy. Oh, man, we just we love the, the potential in this show. And we haven't seen yeah. it yet, so it's, it's yeah. only potential until then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It um, still sounds great, though. I, I love the idea. Well, uh, which stars uh, some of our guests tonight, such uh-huh. as Cass Anvar, Miracle Laurie, uh, Adrian Wilkinson, uh, oh, little guy from a show called Star Trek, Mr. Heard, Walter Koenig. I've heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of talent in this show. And you're actually forgetting E.J. De La Pena. I um, never would forget. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he actually, um, E.J. actually mm-hmm. made a pretty big announcement on our show a couple weeks ago about Comic-Con. Let's go ahead and hear it from him real quick. Meanwhile, you're doing the Comic-Con again, all right? That we are, and in fact, uh, we just were notified yesterday that not only are we going to have a panel, which will be, uh, if I may shamelessly plug. Uh, please do, please do. Yes, yeah. woo permission. <laughs> uh, uh, 7.30 p.m. Friday in room 5AB, I believe that is the 25th, if I remember correctly, Friday the 25th of July. It is. Uh, from 5 a.m. to 7.30 p.m., but we're also going to have a booth in a very prominent location. I don't know the number off the top of my head. Uh, it's booth 1949. I have that right in front of me. 1949. It's going to be right by the small pavilion. There we go. There we go. Yes, DC Comics and Marvel, and it's a corner booth, so uh, hopefully you won't miss us. By the small press pavilion. That's where I'll look for you. Oh, uh, there we go. Uh, do, do you yeah, want to... <laughs> do you want to do you want to give us maybe a little just a little teaser of what you're going to reveal at the uh, at the panel at Comic Con? I don't want to make it, come, but uh, tell us, give us, feed us. I shall feed you. Yes. Well, we have a very special treat that I'm I'm going to leave for now as a little bit of a surprise on how we're going to start the panel. Um, but let's just say all our cast is very excited for it, and I think that. Uh, the fans will will uh, enjoy it incredibly. Um, and then we're going to uh, end the the uh, end the panel with a uh, teaser uh, of our first bit of nobility. So they're actually going to we're actually going to be premiering uh, part of the show, part of the pilot at San Diego Comic Con. That was series creator E.J. De La Pena being oh so sly about what we're going to get from the uh, Nobility of the Series panel at San Diego Comic-Con 2014. But later we talked to the actual star of the show as well, Cass Anvar. We pushed him a little harder, and he gave us a little bit more. Let me give you something to chew on, Ben. We are Mm. shooting, um, we're finishing this pilot, and we will have something to show at Comic-Con in San Diego. Well, that's awesome. That cinches it. I'm which going. Is, which, is, which is July 25th. We have, uh, that's another thing, actually, I didn't tell you. We, uh, I'm going to be at Comic-Con all four days signing autographs in the, in the uh, celebrity autograph room. 
Um, but mobility, just from the, the sheer merits of the project, because we were a little bit late submitting, but we got a panel, which is happening on Friday at, I think, 7.30, uh, and the vast majority of our celebrities are going to be there. It's going to be a big panel. It's a big surprise. Uh, the panel is going to be done in a format I don't think has ever been done at the Comic-Con. And, I've seen uh, it all, Pat. Come on, tell me. Have what you? is it? Yeah, I've seen it all. I've been, this is like my 14th have you, Comic-Con. Have so. you seen Have you seen an in-character panel? Wow. Whoa, okay. I have not seen that. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking lasers so, in a smoke machine. Wow. I like this let's better. Just, so, let's, just say, let's just say you guys are going to get to meet the cast of Nobility. You're going to get to meet wow. the crew of Nobility. I love and you're gonna that. And you're going to get to see something uh, from the pilot that nobody has ever seen before, not even probably the cast, because uh, they're going to be working we into the night to, to finish the, the post-production on, on, that, All right, on so. that teaser. Meanwhile, E.J. De La Pena, creative mind behind Nobility the Series. <laughs> yeah, you guys can catch uh, our Nobility show. It's on MaddyPRadio.com, but you guys should really hear this. There's a lot more of Adrian uh, Wilkinson. There's a lot more of E.J. De La Pena. There's just a lot more a lot nobility. More yeah. Well, and there's a lot more Walter Koenig, including where he kind of gets mad at you, which I I could hear again. Oh, and I think again. he was mad at you. But yeah, no, I do no, remember I think, that moment. I don't think yeah. that was me. But anyway, um, but yeah, they're all going to be attending Comic Con, go to their panel, and from the big news we just heard, they're going to be doing a table read in character, like in costumed character, or. So. or did he say costumes? It's, well, he left it a little bit vague. All we got, and uh, we actually even had to talk to Cass Anvar to hear more about oh, it. EJ right. didn't tell us much at all. Okay, okay. He just said it's going to be something you've never seen before. But then we talked to his uh, subordinate, Cass, and uh, he kind of let it slip that everyone on the panel was going to be in character. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's definitely something new, and it would be very fun, and I'm really hoping I can be there. That's, well, that's, that's Friday at 7:30, right? That's, that is that's the big Friday night panel. Although we're going to be busy with some other stuff, we'll get to that. And uh, but again, Comic Con's about choices, so we're going to have to make those choices. Uh, but yeah, even um, friend of the shows of the Matty P shows, Doug Jones, is also going to be there. Oh yeah, but he has a problem as well. We're we're here talking about choices. But from my calculation, uh, the nobility panel is at 7.30 Friday night. Doug Jones is scheduled to be there. Um, But the Space Command panel is at 8 o'clock that same night. Um, Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, so I don't know how he's going to do both. Well, you know. Well, he's always the guy behind the mask, so maybe you won't know which one is the real yeah, <laughs> just just somebody dressed up as, you know, uh, Some alien. You know Pan from Pan's Labyrinth shows up <laughs> yeah. to one of them. It's probably not the real Doug Jones. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So, uh, but yeah, you know, Comic-Con is about choices. Um, and if you end up missing, if you have to make the hard choice and you miss nobility, um, make sure that you stop by their awesome booth. Remember that? They kind of covered that a little bit earlier, that's right. too. Yeah, they got a great location yep. there, I think. That, between, it's, uh... it's number 1949, and that's going to be, as they said, uh, right next to DC and Marvel. So they're big-ass booths, and then you're going to have uh, 
Cowboy Errant's booth. That's yeah, the production keep company. an eye out for Cowboy Errant's booth. They're going to be uh, handling the nobility thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I bet you there's a good chance you'll even see our good friend EJ De La Pena there. I know I'm going to cruise by looking for. Well, him. yeah, and even if you don't catch him, they're going to have giveaways. What? Then uh, appearances. Oh. And uh, they're going to have autographs. Awesome. And uh, Yay, nobility. <laughs> the series dot com. Exactly. And speaking of autographs, the search engine on the Comic-Con site or on the app is so good that when I searched just Star Wars, it came up with not only the program or the exhibit spaces or all that. I mean, it comes up with everything. And so it also came up with a name, uh, Stephen Costantino. Costantino. Does that name ring a bell to you? No, no. Okay. i got to be honest, it doesn't. And it wouldn't to 99.9% of people. Mm. And that's not a knock. It's to prove a... It's, it's the sacrifice to a larger point, right. is that this very fine actor, um, he plays the Gamorrean guard in Return of the Jedi. And he'll be in the, auto, in the autograph area. What's the big deal about that, you may ask? I don't even know who this guy is. Well, it's, it's, that, it's that it's meeting guys like this. That is the real those that's the source of the best moments of Comic Con. It's when you meet these guys that were a part of this and they got to kind of experience it almost from a fan's point of view. Yeah. You know? They were in it enough to be next to it and to experience it. And it's such an honor, you know, and such a memory. Yeah. And people want to ask you about this. So he has he has all these great stories about being there, about being a part of it. Uh, and you get to just basically go up to him when he's in this like autograph area. He's going to be like at his own table. He's going to it's going to be there's going to be some like shorter curtains. You know, he, he'll he'll have his own space. And for a, a lot of these guys will charge you, you know, twenty bucks, thirty bucks, or whatever. Uh, so for a very small fee, um, they will sign anything that you want, basically. And if you don't have something. They'll usually be selling like you know eight by tens or yeah you buy a toys headshot or whatever or yeah them like or and of course know. and if you uh, of course if you have a little Gaboran guard toy you know like in the packaging like action figure take it up to them this would this this would be an awesome thing to do if anything it would just increase the value of it et yeah. cetera et cetera plenty of reasons why it'd be worth a few bucks it's definitely worth it'll put another twenty dollars onto the price onto the value of that toy yeah, yeah. it's absolutely um. But when you're up there, you go up there because you get to spend a moment with them, too. And even if you don't have the $20 or you don't have something for him to sign, it, this is a little inside tip for everybody out there. Take your Comic-Con program with you. Always have it with you because by rules of Comic-Con, uh, all, the, all the autograph um, people, all the celebrities – they have to sign your program for free. Yep. They call their own price on pretty much everything else, yep. but there is a loophole. They Please have don't abuse it. it, everybody. Exactly. But yeah, if this is well, all you can do. Right. But you get something else out of it. You know, Even if you don't pay for it, it might make it worth paying the money for it because you get to spend a moment with these people. And even if we're not talking about you know, Harrison Ford or something, right. this is still somebody. How many other people do you know who are on the set of Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, well, you know? right, exactly. I mean, exactly. They, you have a moment to ask them a little question and to share 
your feelings about it, and and they can reciprocate it, or tell you something unexpected, mm-hmm. or give you a little a little quip, or just say, "Get out of here, kid." That that being worst case scenario, but that's totally worth it. Well, no, I mean, and I I actually uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but a couple years ago I met Richard La Pierre La Peramentiera. Ah, uh, Richard La Peramentiera. I, I don't know how to say his name, but anyway, this guy played General Mati. Uh, and he was the guy, he was the general in the very first Star Wars where Vader chokes him, like when they're having that little meeting in the Death Star. Mm. And he goes, <laughs> and he's pulling at his shirt collar. But yeah, he, because he force chokes him from across the exactly, room. Yeah, exactly. I remember. Yeah. And he awesome. actually, he told me this story when I went up to him. Um, and I did not pay him because I had just bought a figurine that had his autograph on it oh. earlier. So I already, I already, already paid my ducats. <laughs> but anyway, I am talking to him, and uh, he tells me the story about how when they were about to film the scene, and he, you know, he like read it, and he knew that he was supposed to act like he was getting choked. He goes up to George Lucas, and, and he shows him how he can make his neck twitch. And so Lucas was just like, "Yeah, do that. That's cool." And just like that, the force is believable to yeah. everybody. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that happened. This guy kind of thought of it. That is movie magic, and I got that from this guy whose name I can't even say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was it's one of the coolest experiences that I've ever had at a Comic-Con. So um, you can do all that, and again, you don't necessarily have to pay if you have your, your program, mm-hmm. but it is rude to ask for a picture if you're not going to pay for the autograph. Yeah, you mean okay. like, hey, do you mind if I get a picture Don't with you? Do that. That's pretty uncool. I mean, this is how a if lot of those guys make anything. a little extra cash per year. At least it yeah. pays for them to be there. Yeah. And, you know, come on, guys. This is America. Yeah. We pay for stuff here. Um, other notables in the autograph area include friends of ours. Cass Anvar um, is going to be there. Lee Merriweather, um, you know. She's the first Catwoman. Yeah, Lee Merriweather. You're going to get me going oh about her. God. Bless She's going to be there. And if you uh, may remember, she did invite us to come up uh, to her and say hello. And she's, I think she said that we could buy her a drink. Hmm. What, if, what if that happens? I, <laughs> I, I want to start lower, <laughs> lower on the totem. Uh, another friend of the Maddie P Radio Network would have to be uh, Marilyn Gigliotti. She was in Clerks. Yeah, Clerks. She's the famous one from Clerks. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, she's a, a friend of the show. Um, and then other guests are, uh, in the autograph area, which I think I sent you this email just today. Um, but Athena Finger is going to be in the autograph area, um, among other um, opportunities to meet her. Uh, she is the granddaughter of Bill Finger, you know who Bill Finger is? Yeah, the uh, the the now accredited co-creator of uh, Batman. Mm-hmm. Exactly, he's back in the day, uh, and it, the 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 Finger family exactly has been uh, fighting for a long time to get him the credit he's due, and it's just starting to come in. So right, good well, for her for keeping the, the the pressure on him. Exactly, and they're actually inviting people to come up to her in the autograph area, and she's not going to be alone. I think um, I I just got this email earlier today, but um, she's going to be there with another friend of the show, Dr. Travis Langley. Mm. Um, and they're kind of, they're hosting, it's not just a panel, although I'll give you those uh, details too, but they're, they're bringing basically 
a lot of like the families, like the descendants of a lot of the golden age of comics creators. You know, there's a there's a big underappreciated group because back in those days, you know, they just kind of they got paid per page and they didn't really, you know, uh, Schuster and um, Siegel, they weren't paid until the 80s for creating Superman. Oh. You know, they created him in the 30s. Yeah. You know, so, you know, there's been a lot of fight to get these guys a little bit more credit. And, uh, uh, you know, our dear, dear friend, Dr. Travis Langley, is a real major part of that push. There's movies coming out and all that uh, about this. Um, there's a lot of pressure to get that name on the new show, Gotham, mm-hmm. who's also going to have a panel. Um, but, yeah, so that's a big deal. And it is the 75th anniversary of Batman this year, so there's a lot of pressure for that. Uh, but, yeah, they're going to have a spotlight on Bill Finger, and that's going to be 1130 to 1230 on Thursday. And I think we actually have a spot that, at, that, at, that, at that time. So we're going to try to catch that. Um, and just a bunch of very important people. Oh, Lee Merriweather is going to be there as well. Um, but a lot of important people are going to be a part of this panel. But don't forget, you can meet her and you can talk to her. And they're welcoming you to come talk to her to learn about Bill Finger. And she's going to be in the autograph area too. So it's, it's more than autographs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Um, and then, uh, you guys, we have to talk at least a little bit about the actual con floor. It's a madhouse. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's the it's the big. Uh, you've probably all seen pictures down there. Yeah. Anytime you see, you know, what looks like uh, you know the Terminator robot, life size, and your buddy's got his Facebook picture right next to him. <laughs> yeah. He's somewhere on the floor. That's where all of that yep. stuff is. He's uh, probably at the sideshow booth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He. This is. It is beautiful to be there. Uh, the first time you go to a comic con or to the comic con. Uh, your first day should just be in this room, probably. And yeah. it's, it's so overwhelming. Um, but yeah, uh, as beautiful as it is, and uh, Lucas Arts is going to have a big presence as they always do. Lego, Nickelodeon, uh, Sony Pictures, The Walking Dead is going to be huge as it always is. Um, their panels on Friday, by the way, but that's Hall H. You can hear plenty about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and. Obviously, DC Comics, Marvel Comics, this is Comic-Con. Yep. Um, but, you know, the comics are not forgotten here, and it's still very, very important. And some of the smaller publishers relative to DC and Marvel, uh, IDW, uh, they're going to be at booth 2645. Don't forget to check them out. And they're going to be celebrating their new Transformers vs. G.I. Joe Slick, you're going to like that, um, with the launch party and other notable IDW titles, uh, including a special treatment for X-Files Season 10, which I'm looking forward to, and Judge Dredd, Star Trek, and then also the wonderful Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, they're more popular than ever. Um, so, yeah, you can, um, you can check that out, and there's actually... As we, I don't know if we talked about this yet, but the GI Joe panel uh, is going to be on room. It's going to be in room eight on Friday from 1:30 to 2:30. This is actually not a toy panel. This is the um, IDW publishing panel yeah, the, on GI Joe comic book. About exactly. G.I. Joe. So this is going to be talking another about, one of those properties where they could be talking movies, TVs, toys. They'll have or a cross comics. exactly. Yeah. If you like G.I. Joe, you should definitely go to this, because this is going to be talking about what is the story driving G.I. Joe today. You know, what are kids, 
imagining when they're playing with the G.I. Joe figures. Mm. You know, what are they facing and things like that. It's really all from the sources. It's from the cartoons, from the comic books. It's from the sources of today. Well, four hours a movie, and uh, I still don't know what they're trying to say there. So, <laughs> so I'm glad that they finally got a panel up to remind us all. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been more disappointed. Yeah, and I, I like the first one better. Yeah, you're um, young still. The second one was just a bunch of ninjas, <laughs> which is usually okay. Uh, they kind of screwed that up. Um, anyway, um, yeah, check them out, uh, IDW. Um, check out. Um, Dark Horse Comics. It's a big deal to check out Dark Horse. They have a ton of exclusives, um, including um, like this, like uh, Hellboy plush, which looked pretty cool. Uh, a bunch of like Comic Con only covers, like for Buffy and for a lot of their other uh, properties, um, including one for Star Wars. It's gonna be, I actually saw it. It's it's pretty neat. You can go to the Maddie P Radio site, check it out for yourself. It's Darth Maul. He looks really scary and cool. Um, and then um, they are also going to have really, really sweet um, autograph opportunities. So for comic collectors, if you like any of the Dark Horse properties, and they have a bunch. Uh, they're just they're they're very very popular now. They have the new Serenity, the continuing series. That's a big one. They have Star Wars still, and they are actually losing Star Wars. Because it's going back to Marvel, which kind of makes sense because Marvel is now owned by Disney. Yep. Um, and Disney bought Star Wars. So they're all in bed together. Yeah, they're going to pull them back. Um, but Dark Horse Comics is, is not going to go out without a fight or without a bang. And so they're just dumping all their ideas, all these awesome storylines. They're, they're all coming out over the next couple of, of months because they lose it at the end of the year. So yep. this is a good Before time. Before they hand it back over, they're going to make Luke into a transsexual <laughs> dog trainer who lives in Beverly Hills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's possible. I have no idea. You you're going to have to read it to find you out. You've got to go to the panel, too. They, go they, to are, the panel. they are not bringing uh, the series back in showroom condition, I have a feeling. Yeah, it's it's just going to be them. awesome. Um, and, you know, we covered a lot of stuff already. We We, we kind of took you through a little bit of what our program is going to be as far as the official panels and, yeah. and there's so much there. Maybe we'll get to do 60% of what I just said. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. If, if you are at all familiar with Comic-Con yourself, then you know that right. everything we just said doesn't even cover a fraction of the schedule, let we, alone what we are going to physically be able and to And we hardly touch Saturday. We hardly, And we said nothing about Sunday, which is usually just a family day. You know, traditionally yeah. it was the family day. Yeah. And it's yeah. still it's still the last day. It's a great yeah. day to go shopping. It's the if best you're ready to go shopping. out and buy some stuff, prices are going to be dropping. They want to get rid of it. They would rather you they would rather you take it home and then have to pack it up again. Yep. So yes, yeah, Sundays are great. Spend the last three hours just on the floor, and you know take a good look around too because it's it's awesome to see it again. Wait a second, Slick. Uh, do you have any? Any any uh, panels that uh, you think we should consider on Thursday? And if so, what are they and what time? Uh, well, we did the Transformers one, and my only other one is this Making It Happen at 8 p.m. Ah, Making It Happen. What's that about? It's, uh, it's, the, it's the guys that get us our passes, uh, October 20th. <laughs> Uh, they important, do the important people to keep happy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They do. Uh, they do designer toys, and so this panel is all about how you basically become an independent toy maker. 
No, that's actually not bad advice. Well, if you are the type of person who wants to be a toy maker, exactly. Even if you don't well, want to be independent, or, or this even, is still a good place to start. Yeah, or even right. just to to understand what these. I mean, this is beyond Hasbro, beyond Mattel. You know, is this whole subset of toy collecting, um, which is. Huge. I mean, you walk down Artist Alley, and anybody that has a toy on their table goes through the process that they'll be talking about. Again, that's what we're going to be doing as far as that's the official schedule. That's We're talking about the fan tables. We're talking about the small press. We kind of covered that. We talked about the exhibit hall. Um, but because we do put on this show and, and, and the Maddie P. Radio Happy Hour um, – but but remember now, people. Uh, here here's where we differ from you. Aha! We're press. Aha! Uh-huh, that's right. <laughs> so uh, there are some things that we actually have to commit our time to because uh, you can't. So we're going to go and check it out for you and exactly. let you know. And we're going to report uh, it. And some there's fashion. a whole lot of it too. And right. hopefully we're going to be able to see it all. We've been confirmed for a lot, and hopefully we can make most of it. Uh, for example, uh, Thursday the twenty fourth. Mm-hmm. I think we're doing the uh, the TNT has a number of panels yep. that we're going to go to, like Legends with oh, Sean Bean. We are really so, looking forward to that. So looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. uh, the Last Ship, uh-huh. another is this thing just came out on TNT. It's getting huge numbers, right. very popular, and they're just going to keep shoving it down our throats there. Oh wait, I have some news for you on that too. Oh, let me hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it really sounds like um, we have been confirmed for. We got confirmed a spot on the red carpet, and we got uh, invitations to attend the last ship con party, which is going to be at the USS Midway. Oh, right there right in the, the harbor, bay, right, right in the harbor. To, oh, that's yes. awesome. What, is, what a place to have it, too. I know. It's, it's brilliant. Uh, for those of you not familiar with San Diego, but uh, about 10 years ago, maybe, they retired the USS Midway air carrier. Mm-hmm. And then it's now like a museum, and they have like all these old planes like on the dock or on the deck. Yeah, up, the deck. up on the deck. Yeah, got, uh, it's a big museum. Yeah, well, it's, it's a giant aircraft carrier that now you 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 tour. Right. And uh, yeah, retired uh, servicemen lead you around, uh-huh. show you what's what, how it works. It's and, awesome. And then so this party's going to be there, and we're going to be on the red carpet. So we get to stand there basically as everybody enters. Where, the who's who gets to enter, mm-hmm. and we're going to have a spot right there at the rail, and they're going to stop along the way. So if you have a question for the last ship, we're always looking for good material. So email me, mark at com if you have a question, or send it to me at stayclassysdcc. Um, over, over the Twitter. Over the Oh, yeah, over the Twitter. Um, and... Uh, Heck, if it's good, I will ask it of them. I already have. So if you're a Last Ship fan, get get those coming in. There's yep. not much time. Yeah. and uh, Also at TNT, we're going to go see Falling Skies. Oh, you know Marky's a big Falling Skies guy. I am, I am. And we've talked to those guys quite a bit, really enjoy it, and we're hoping to talk to them again. And maybe they'll remember us. <laughs> it's a, it's uh, very likely. Uh, uh, let's see. And that's uh, that's all Thursday morning. Uh, Thursday, also Thursday morning, uh, DreamWorks has a big panel for the uh, Penguins of Madagascar, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, especially those of you out there with uh, young children. You're probably familiar with these penguins. Uh, but I guess I got a new project, and we're going to be hearing from Benedict Cumberbatch, Sherlock, 
for those of you uh, you also play out there and Khan from the uh, <laughs> new Star Trek reboot. Yeah, uh, John Malkovich, who's uh, you may remember from everything being John Malkovich should probably be all you need to know about him. Well, and he's one of the best Saturday Night Live guests ever. Oh, he's, he's a lot of that. He's yeah. a lot of, we can just he's throw superlatives awesome. at someone of his caliber all yeah. day. And then, of course, uh, and then of course Tom McGrath, who's right. the uh, I think uh, one of the Madagascar directors, writers. He's he been might doing be the, the Penguin guys, yeah. I think, for the longest time now. Um, so, also, and then at noon on Thursday, hopefully, we're going to have time to check out the uh, USA Networks panel for their new show, Dig. Right. Don't know a lot about it, but this is exactly why we agreed to it, because I'd like to learn more. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, and that's just what we're doing Thursday. Yeah, then... Friday we have... Um, Friday... Oh, yeah, yeah. This is the big 20th Century Fox Day. Um, and, of course, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in a lot of those Star Wars panels, just because I like to have a little fun, too. Um, but... Uh, we're going to try to send one of us uh, to the 20th Century Fox panels. Uh, we got approved for some of those two. I'm sorry, not the panels, but to the press rooms. Uh, and we're going to see um, Zachary Quinto and Hannah. Is it Hannah, Hannah Ware? Ware? Hannah Ware from uh, Hitman Agent 47, mm-hmm. um, uh, which you may know if you're a video game fan. Now they've got uh, other plans for it down at 20th Century Fox. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, they're also doing uh, a press room for Kingsman. The Secret Service. I've been looking forward to this. This is like a I, – I saw a trailer for it. It's like Men in Black and James Bond. Mm. You know, it's kind of goofy like Men in Black, but they all speak British. Well, that explains why I think we'll be able to talk to Colin Firth there. He's, he's, he's in it, yep. And – Samuel Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson oh my as well. God. I, he, could, he could be pushing George Foreman grills. I'd go to that press event just to see Samuel L. Jackson. So definitely him. color me there for that. Yeah. Uh, they've also got one later for Let's Be Cops. This looks uh, think, hilarious. Uh, yeah, you got Damon Wayans Jr., Rob Riggle, Keenan Michael Key are all going to be there. They're all part of the... Part of the show. This is a, a comedy you haven't heard much of yet. So I have this is a I chance saw, to learn a lot more about it. I saw this trailer. This is the buddy cop movie I think we've been waiting for for many years. This is going to be a mega hit. This is awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I like the cast yeah. already, and we're going to learn more about it there on uh, on Friday the 25th. Uh, they've also got through 20th Century Fox a press event for Maze Runner. Uh, and they'll be uh, they'll be featuring uh, interviews with Dylan O'Brien, Kaya Scodelario, and Will Poulter. Mm-hmm. So if you're uh, if if you get your eye on the horizon for Maze Runner, that's going to be one to listen for. Uh, aside from uh, uh, the 20th Century Fox stuff, we're also going to go check out Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, uh, that's at one o'clock. It's the uh, was it the 55th anniversary? I think. Yeah, it's a big deal right now. I think it has been 55 years. I don't have the sheet in front of me, but uh, Gary, is it Truesdale? Yeah, Gary Truesdale, yeah, yeah. Tiffany Ward, yep. and uh, and a little guy everybody loves and also hates, Leonard Malton. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it up to you to decide. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiffany Ward, I believe, is the granddaughter, another granddaughter of the creator. Mm-hmm. I think that's her. Yeah, I think it was Jay Ward. Yeah, was that's right. The, that's uh, right. was one of the... Forget the other guy's name, but it was a duo of guys who just start, yeah. and they uh, 
if you don't know much about Rocky and Bullwinkle, go look it up. I don't have time to tell you, but there's a lot of uh, history and backstory. We've also got something I know you're very excited about, Marky, yeah. at one thirty on Friday. Uh, Horns, yep. new movie coming out, yeah. a special press-only event, mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. that we get to go to. And tell me who you're talking to. Well, Daniel Radcliffe's going to be there. That's right. To the rest of the world, that's Harry Potter. To Marky, that's some, guy. some guy named Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> But that's okay. But I think yeah, we'll make you know. for a very good interview. Uh, well, and actually, um, I got sent, you know, uh, we're going to be able to screen that before we're into that room. So, yeah, we're going to be able to actually see it first before we go cool. in there. So, hey, uh, if and it then, sucks, I'll let them know. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, did you never, make that shitty movie? Ne- never be afraid to tell a celebrity <laughs> they got a terrible movie. They respect you all the more. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, I, we've also got, hopefully, if we've got time, we can make it to this, too, because I really want to see it. Uh, uh, George Gentry, or Gene T. Yeah, uh, he's the artist for Serenity. Yeah, yeah. the comic book on uh, on Dark Horse mm-hmm, that we mm-hmm. talked about. Uh, Serenity, such a huge cult hit, and this is the only way it appears to be going forward. You know, we would yeah. all love to see the show come back or for them to make another movie, but, you know, obviously... You've got uh, you've got a lot of success stories in that cast and crew, and They're they all can't all just drop mm-hmm. everything else to go back and do this. It's very unlikely. So, if you want, if you're interested in the continuing world of of the verse, that's your one outlet, and it's all coming to you thanks to the creative mind and vision of George uh, Genty. Yeah, well, he's actually the artist. He's not it's, the writer. There's another guy doing the writing, but he's the um, and. I read a lot of the continuation comics, like I'm reading the X-Files one, um, the Jericho one. Um, what was it? I forget the other one that I'm doing. But I did read the, the Serenity. Um, it's, I think it's called Leaf on the Wind. Uh, I think there's eight or nine of them, yeah. maybe even less. Um, the story's fantastic. But uh, especially towards the end of the series, they really captured the look of the characters really well. Yeah. You know, um, there's enough of a difference to make so that you're not just kind of watching somebody trace Nathan Fillion all the time, yeah. you know, but they really capture it well. And it's because of this guy right here. Uh, he, you know, he did a great job on that. So, yeah, we're going yeah. yeah. to be a one on one. I really hope that we, yeah, we can talk to him, sit down and talk to him. You know, that kind of puts me in mind of someone else we talked to not long ago, Dan Jolly, uh, who's a comic book writer. Uh, and an author in his own right's been going to a lot of cons, and uh, he gave us an interesting perspective. Let's uh, magic interview machine take us to Dan Jolly. Meanwhile, since since we're talking about cons here, mm-hmm. I imagine you're a veteran. Yeah, I've been to quite a few. Well, I mean, especially the, they started out as just specific, or at least the San Diego Comic Con, the big one, the mothership. Started out at a comic book strictly convention. Mm-hmm. When did you start going? Let's see. My first trip out there was around ninety-eight or ninety-nine. See, that's going and, way back. And uh, I I was there every year for about seven or eight years. And um, I had a, a sort of a parting of the ways with DC Comics in 2005, and after that, I, my, my attendance kind of fell off at Comic-Con, but looking at it now, like, it's not even the same thing it was when I was going there, 
Um, I mean, it's you know, you you said that it it was at first about comics, and now it's it's more about Hollywood than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, there oh, are, they bring the most money. Yeah. Yeah, there are still comic book people there, but you know, you're uh, you're a whole lot more likely to get the big uh, lines waiting to get in to see the cast of Game of Thrones uh, as opposed to the creators of X Men. I mean, the comic you... book X Men, not not the movies. Right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. These days, you actually have to draw that line. But right. would you? Um, uh, and I'm guessing that when you went, it was you know under the uh, un- under the the guise of DC Comics and so forth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I was working for quite a few companies at the time, um, DC and um, Top Cow, and I did a little bit for Marvel. Yeah, would you consider going like as a fan at Again, this point? Right. Um, not as much. Uh, typically, if I go to a con, it's it's because I am going to have some sort of professional presence there. Um, I mean, I you know I'm a huge nerd myself, and I'm a huge fan of tons and tons of uh, comics and sci-fi movies and TV shows and whatnot. But um, like when you become a, a professional creator you can't help but just sort of see conventions differently. Like, it's, it's really not a fan experience for, for us uh, at that point. It becomes more of a networking kind of um, business expansion sort of opportunity. I mean, I, I know that probably sounds a little cynical, but, you know, it's, uh, especially like you get people like, um, for instance, Jenny Breeden, is, uh, she's a woman who does a webcomic called The Devil's Panties. And um, she's at, like, every convention. She is at a convention every single weekend. And there is a convention to be, to be attended every weekend somewhere. Yeah. And uh-huh. she goes and sets up and, and, you know, meets the fans, sells copies of, of the, the printed versions of the comic and T-shirts and such. And that's, like, her job. Um, so, you know, if you do have, uh, like, a career doing comics, the conventions are, are more of a business thing than a fan thing. Yeah, yeah, going on tour, it sounds like. Yeah, 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 very much. Is, is there ever, like, a, a certain part of it that's just like a club med, you know, kind of let's go out there and party and hang out with our friends that we see once a year? Is there that kind of, you know, atmosphere? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, every, uh, every night of the show, the, the show ends and all the, the creators... Uh, go back to their rooms to freshen up, and then you 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 can find most of them at the bar. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, and it's it is just a huge social thing because you know we're exposed to each other so much um, through communicating with the editors and now social media. You know, when I got started, there there was no internet, much less social media. Uh, but now, you know, you get all these people following each other on Twitter and such. And, and then the conventions, you actually finally get to see them face-to-face. And, uh, and it is a huge social occasion, and, you know, you just want to hang out with all these people whose work you admire, you know, mm-hmm. who may or may not have said nice things about your work, um, and just, you know, <laughs> hear, hear war stories and goof off. Yeah. You, you make it sound like... Uh... Well, like I, I caught myself before I said it, but you make it sound like like a work convention, and I guess that's what it does start out as. Once you take the fan side out of that, you guys are all industry professionals. 
Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a uh, traveling circus basically with you know yeah, with all of you and, guys as, you know, as the players. Yeah, you, and, and you get to run into people that you maybe you haven't communicated with before, but whose work you've admired, and uh, you know strike up a conversation at the bar, and uh, you'd be surprised how many projects are born that way. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, a writer meets an artist that he that he really likes and says, "Man, I'd love to do uh, you know a sci-fi story like a big space opera." Uh, you know, I think your style would be perfect for that. And the other guy says, well, hey, I've always wanted to do a space opera. Let's talk about it. And, you know, the communication continues after the show's over, and a year or two later you've got a new project coming out. Meanwhile, Yeah, that was Dan Jolly, uh, who is currently working on the new Terminator comic miniseries, Enemy of My Enemy. Uh, we here at the show got a chance to sneak a little peek at some of it, and it is really good. So we want to thank him for talking about it. And also it goes to show that even even once you stop going as a fan, there's still reason to be there. And the networking and the uh, and the friendships that you can make, they can really pay off some, some Comic-Con dividends. But moving along, I think we need to finally address a little something known as Comic-Con exclusives. Let's just this get is, to yeah, it. Yeah, this is, for people who don't know, one of the most awesome things about going to cons is that yes. many, many companies, the bigger the company and the bigger the con, the more likely you're going to find one here, but they offer the exclusives. These are the little toys and trinkets, sometimes free, sometimes a few dollars, yep. usually very high in opportunity cost, yep. if nothing else. But these are toys you can only get if and, you go to the con. And just to relate this a little bit, we did a, 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 a our last special was the WonderCon preview show, which there was probably, not counting a few comic books, I think there was like three collectibles that were exclusive to WonderCon. Yeah, and WonderCon. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Deal. It's big. Yeah, there's, oh. you know, there's thousands of people. They that go deserve there. at least three. Yeah. Okay, but okay. How many it, we got this year? It's like, what, what are we I mean, at uh, Comic Con? My uh, a fellow blogger, uh, awesometoyblog.com, they compile lists. They are, they are on all of the PR people's lists from all of the major uh, toy producers. And we're easily talking about, you know, seven to eight hundred different exclusives (laughs) and and it's it's not all toys it's not all toys you know we're talking about some some people are producing a exclusive keychain or uh, a comic book yeah being that it's comic-con producing an exclusive book or at the very least an exclusive cover to a book that you'll be able to buy at mass retail. So, I mean, the exclusives are crazy, and and this isn't Regardless, even... Regardless, it sounds like people, vendors at Comic-Con, at least know, get into exclusives. Whatever they're going to be, make sure you say, you can only get this here, come show up. Well, and you know what, like, when you say exclusive, in my ear, I hear reward. Uh-huh. You went through the lines... You went through the care and the worry or the travel cost to be here. Mm-hmm. What's what's the cookie? Yeah, 
You know, it's the exclusive. Well, especially, especially if you're talking seven or eight hundred. Good lord! It's for everybody. Obviously, even if you went to WonderCon, you might have been able to get every exclusive toy they had. It's like two. And if you want to go to <laughs> Comic Con and get all the, I'm guessing at least one or two hundred exclusive yeah. toys that they have there. If you exclude all the other quote unquote exclusive trinkets, there's got to be at least a couple hundred exclusive toys. That are that got your name on it, or potentially <laughs> yeah. could. There's no way you can go and get that. It does come back down to opportunity cost. Yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, uh, Slick, if if you were going to Comic Con, if you could get exclusives this year, what would you get? And how? And like, if you could just pick, I don't know, between fifty and one of them, <laughs> how many do you think you could realistically get? Yeah. Okay, so when I actually attend. I will pick up exclusives from probably nine to ten distributors, you know, and this this can be something really small, like, you know, something like October Toys or some independent toy company, all the way up to the big two, Hasbro and Mattel. So I, I will do about ten different companies and come away with – approximately 15 to 20 exclusives. So that just gives you, and, and what you have to realize is these are my main focus. I will miss every single panel. I will not walk the floor until I have gotten all of these exclusives. So, um, so, so we'll just, Given my background, I, I collect the four greatest action figure franchises of the 80s in all time, and in my opinion, those are Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Transformers, and Masters of the Universe. So between, between those four, the first three are Hasbro, and the last one is Mattel. So this year, Hasbro, uh, Star Wars Black Series 6-inch and and this is the six inch series. This figure is actually going to be larger than six inches. Is Jabba the Hutt with Dias, and this also comes with Salacious Crumb, his uh, little laughing monkey lizard, his little stooge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh. oh, for some um, reason I thought his name was Dias just now. Uh, you mean that's the thing that Jabba Dias is what he's on. sitting yeah, on? Yeah. Okay. I guess, yeah. Now I now I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And, I didn't even and realize this, that laughing thing had a name. Yeah, Salacious <laughs> Crumb. Everybody knows that. I thought Salacious Crumb was the dude with the uh, with the shoulder tentacle. Oh, no, that's uh, Bit Fortuna. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, uh, my God. So, so wrong. now this job of the hut, it, it is too important to not be released to the general public. But what Hasbro does with a figure like this is it adds it adds things exclusive to the show. So last year, same six inch line, we had Boba the Fett or Boba the Fett, Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> it's surprisingly easy mistake. To make. Yeah. Well, it, it is actually grammatically correct. He yeah. is a Fett, and his name is Boba. But hey, um, <laughs> um, so his whole thing was. Uh, Boba Fett was going to be released to mass retail, but the exclusive was a small plastic block 
which was Han and Carbonite, okay? So we're talking about a $20 retail figure. You throw in the cool packaging, because that's the big thing with collectibles at, at Comic-Con, is they always are going to have very cool packaging. Um, you throw that in with this little cheap plastic block in a display stand, and this $20 figure shoots up to, uh, I believe he was 40 or 45 last year. I think he was 50, yeah. 50? Okay, yeah. Right. So it has doubles plus some. Yep. Exactly. And then this one was the hot item last year. It was limit one, so you could only buy one per badge. That thing shot up to $150 on the aftermarket. Yeah. Yeah. So Job of the Hut, same way. You'll be able to buy Job of the Hut in your local Target, Walmart, whatever, for 40 bucks. With him coming with a little lizard monkey guy, you know, no bigger than your thumb. And his, his dais, if, if you don't remember, he actually sat on like kind of a, a flat throne, which yeah. was, con- what, which was considered his, his dais, but that's not what it's actually coming with. It's only coming with his little frog hookah thing. And his mm-hmm. dais is a cardboard display box. Yeah. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. So now this one's going to go for 65 this year. And it's, it's, if you look at the pre-sales on eBay for this, so we're talking about people that their sole reason to go to the show and or they employ mules that their sole reason to go to the show is to buy these things. <laughs> this thing's already pre-selling for a hundred and twenty to a hundred and fifty bucks. Boom. And that's being pre-sold by people who don't have it. Yeah, exactly. What I'm reading. Here. Yes. And so those there's no people, guarantees. Yeah, those people easily just say, "Sorry, we couldn't get it," and they cancel their order, and because now it's going for two hundred bucks, and they sell it for two hundred. You know, so it it, just opens up a whole new economy. Exactly. I I don't want to get into that because that's a that's a whole that's a whole whole discussion on itself. But wow, Wow. I mean, if you go to Comic Con and don't get an exclusive, then you better just really enjoy seeing movie. Well, no, I still want to hear what his three this year and the order in which he would get them as. Sure, go ahead. Okay. So so that'll be uh, the Hasbro, you know, be and end all uh, of That's what the I want one. there. Exactly. Uh, number two is also Hasbro. It's so we've all heard of Transformers: Age of Extinction. Uh, Michael Bay, which he said he would never do a fourth movie. He would drop dead before he put dinosaurs in a Transformer movie. Has made that be ridiculous? Movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's just ridiculous to have dinosaurs with transforming cars. But okay. So he has made a fourth movie with the uh, Dinobots, which were uh, you know childhood. Fa- Who doesn't like a robot dinosaur? So that- welcomed, and and you know but. but you know, it's it's not just that it, that it, that it's awesome, but it is really, really tapping into the vein of what every adolescent boy, some girls probably, but you know, it's 
the mix of dinosaurs, robots as one. Exactly. The Dinobots are perfect. It's the perfect toy. Yeah. yeah. And Michael Bay just fucked this up by just taking so long to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go on. <laughs> so, so this set coming out, you can you can go and buy these for uh, fifteen bucks a piece, twenty five bucks for the big guy for the Tyrannosaurus Rex, Grimlock. For those Grimlock. in the know. Okay, so we're talking about. Uh, right now, three toys, fifteen bucks a piece, forty-five dollars, and then one twenty-five dollar one. So we're talking about seventy dollars. So this Dinobot set will be in G1 Deco, so Generation One, the Transformers we all grew up with. It'll be silver with chrome and clear parts, just like the original toys when we grew up. And, again, going back to packaging, it's going to have this absolutely amazing packaging that folds out into be a play set like we saw in the cartoon when we were kids. But to give you an idea, so we're talking about $70 worth of toys and an amazing cardboard play set here, $160. And this is the exclusive that, Every Transformers fan is drooling over. So we start it here. So we're talking about a $65 exclusive going for possibly $150. Just imagine what a $160 exclusive is going to go with that kind of secondary markup. Yeah, so I that's used to imagine. What, what? Tell me. Are there pre-sale <laughs> figures yet? Yeah, do you have any pre-sale figures? There is, but I haven't even looked at it yet. I'm just you like, know what? it I doesn't don't, matter. I don't Fuck even those want guys. It out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. it's depressing, really. All right, what's what's next? This is all ranked okay. in order. So let's uh, let's step away from the big two. Let's right. get away from let's get away from people. You know, solely in into this to to try to make a profit and let's go to something that probably be easier to acquire because with with hasbro you have to stand in line to get a ticket to stand you can stand in line (laughs) (laughs) and i've done it i've done it many times and hasbro is one of the big boys there and they know that they've got something everyone wants so yeah they they get away with behaving like that and 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 you want to talk about Hall H, you know, you want to get into 11 o'clock panel, you should probably get there about 6 or 7 in the morning. If you want to get these Hasbro exclusives, try 4 to 5 in the morning to get the Ugh. ticket to stand in line later on in the day for another couple hours. So, I mean, it, the exclusives have gotten out of control. Hopefully, my my third my third thing will not be that way. Tops, the trading card company, they all have a booth. They have exclusives there too. Um, big thing for Tops is Garbage Pail Kids. I'm sure you yeah. guys remember those. <laughs> I had a bunch of those. Uh, used to have a have a little deal with the MLB, as I recall too. But yeah, yep. did, Tops. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, before but before sports cards, you know, became 
so abundant that yeah. people don't even collect yeah. those anymore. Exactly. You they're know? actually worth something. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so they'll be doing Garbage Pail Trading Card Exclusive 11 by 14 prints. So it's not the card itself. It, it's a larger print of what the card would look like. And uh, the first one is absolutely amazing. It's called Pacific Gym. And it is a combination of a, a card from the 80s, which was a Robotech robot, and their Godzilla card from the 80s fighting one another a la Pacific Rim. <laughs> ah, was it, is, and this is both pictured on one single card? Exactly. Or, or they're, 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 they're fighting like, spoiler alert, in Pacific Rim, <laughs> where giant robots are fighting giant monsters. That's, that's uh, all I of Pacific Rim. And that's, <laughs> There's no spoiler alert. That's what you expect. <laughs> that's awesome. then, so that's it. That's, that's the exclusive, is one trading card. And uh, by that logic, since it is just one card... And it is not uh, Hasbro, Mattel, uh, Transformers, or Star Wars. You think it's going to have a lot less pressure on it? Yeah, That's what you're telling me. Low, That's what low makes price, it more realistic. Low price, ten bucks. You know, for a nice eleven by fourteen art print, essentially. You okay, know, so it's not even just a card. It's no, a small, the, yeah. small poster. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly, a little small poster of it, and uh, and and these smaller companies like this, um, um, this Diamond Direct Toys, you know, again after the initial onslaught, these guys are the ones that hopefully you can just walk up to. You know, on a Friday afternoon, they've already been hit with the mobs of people that have to have this Pacific Gem card. Mm-hmm. Exclusives like this will carry on. You'll be able to walk up to a Friday, Saturday afternoon. But again, just like the panels, we're talking about priorities. If you could give a shit about a six-inch job of the hut that doesn't fit in with any of your three-and-three-quarter action, you know, Star Wars action figures you've been collecting your whole life. But you have to have this Pacific Gym trading card print. Then Even though that's it's not going to fit in with your one-by-three uh, <laughs> garbage bale kit cards. But if, if that's your personal preference, you make that call ahead of time. Well, you know, well, you know, like I, I was actually thinking about this earlier. Was um, if 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 you follow a specific line of toy or collectible, you should see it through. You know, like if you are collecting the six-inch Star Wars, which is a unique thing that's never before up until last year, yeah, never before were year, Star yeah. Wars toys released in six inch figures, which is the size of He Men, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 if that's your thing, if you just started last year, six inch Star Wars toys are your thing, give up everything to get this. Yeah. Okay. Because you're not getting this no, just by definition, clear it out. exclusive exactly. opportunity again. This is it. Yeah. And you should you're just gonna miss focus panels. everything. You're going to miss exactly. other exclusives. But that's the nature of the con beast. One of the things that I really look forward to is the gentle giant 
uh, Ralph McQuarrie uh, mini busts, and they've released a stormtrooper concept. They've released a, I think, a snowtrooper. They've released a Darth Vader. Last yeah. year they released a C-3PO, and this year they released. They're going to release a Luke Skywalker or, or a, a Luke Starkiller. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I already missed out on the pre-sale because they already sold those out. But you know what? I'm going to be there. They have four chances to get it. Um, and, you know, I just decided to – I committed. I'm like, they're only – Gentle Giant is only selling Ralph McQuarrie concept minibus at Comic-Cons. Mm-hmm. And – you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to get every single goddamn one. And so goes the mind of the collector. Uh, I think uh, we should move on from exclusives because I also want to talk about this con uh, phenomenon known as cosplay. If you don't know what cosplay is, you probably aren't ready to go to Comic-Con anyway. But cosplay is uh, the term for people who dress up as their favorite characters. Costume kind of, play. It's costume play. Exactly. It's costume wearing cosplay uh it is it is people who try to embody and express yep. their love of the fandom of specific brands specific characters uh and when we talked to Rochelle uh Rochelle Kean the director of feminist public works and uh head of Hollaback Philly and geeksforconsent.org which we've talked about on the show before why don't we play that and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the the, the grander subject. And it is something to hear Rochelle talk. She she obviously is a fan and she obviously knows what she's doing and she's going further than we are in life. So Everybody. take it away, magic interview machine. Meanwhile, well, you've actually got a, a real resume with this. Uh, it's it's great to talk to you and hear you're a real person because some <laughs> of the the the, the the intellectual papers that you're publishing through Johns Hopkins and writing chapters in uh, in books about street harassment comes off like a real dry professor. Yeah, yeah I was <laughs> this was not going to go well. You are very uh, – is it professorial? Is that, is that, a, is that a word? <laughs> professorial? Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm well, actually also paper. a lawyer, and when I'm in court, they've been calling me Hermione lately because they saw me in the paper dressed as Hermione. So. <laughs> wait, a wait, a uh, wait, you're also a lawyer. That's my day job. Of course, he's a lawyer. I might be the funnest feminist ever. It's true. How are you? How do you have time to go to Comic Con? Um, you just have to like make time to enjoy things in life, or it's actually so easy to end up never taking vacation, so. Well, and, and you know what? It's I don't really funny. have time. I just make the time. I, and, you know, this, is, this actually gets, this gets me uh, kind of thinking about the, the whole reason why we asked you here, and I think that you are on the same plane with us. Yes, there is some controversy about how cosplayers are being treated at Comic-Con and about how Comic-Con has had a reaction to it. Yeah. Um, or, or lack or, of, or we have the reaction yeah. with Geeks for Consent. Or exactly, or, exactly. Yeah. But I think that you are involved with this because, like me, you love Comic Con, don't you? And don't you want to see it protected and safe? Absolutely. I think. Um, I wish I remembered the name, but the voice actor for the Hulk at Awesome Con, he said it best, and it's like what I've been saying ever since is that 
this is like our community and it's only as good as we demand of it. And so if we want better for the community, then we need to together collectively like redefine what the boundaries are because that's really what this is about. Like we all share this community of love for these different characters and stories and we should support each other in that. And it, that it, it's coming from a place of love. Like we can do better than this. Like we should do better than this. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. It's, it's, it's recognizing that there is an issue and that's, that's almost, uh, you know, that, of course, that's the first step towards any kind of progress. But it's the fact that the powers that be at, at, the, at the cons have, are unwilling to take that first step. Yeah, it's almost baffling. Well, and uh, we actually tried, I don't know if you had a chance to listen, but we, we tried to touch on this subject a little bit uh for our catwoman fangirls uh episode when we got to interview oh yeah i listened to that okay oh that was you that was you okay thank you um uh, it's her and like a couple thousand people um okay so (laughs) there was this um one of the things that kind of got us going was that like uh if you look on our website mattypradio.com um you can see there's this image of i think her name is jessica nagiri and She's yes. dressed as Catwoman, and she is incredibly hot, incredibly sexy. Like it's, it it, it just it just kind of ex- it just it falls off. It's like it's like on the floor. It's it's not amazing. not to put too fine a point on it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I was just kind of thinking about how how do I react when I see that when I'm on the con floor. You know, um, what does it do to me as a man who uh, really appreciates the finer qualities of a fine looking lady? Um, and how do I behave? Um, so it, it, it kind of brought me, it kind of brought us into this and it kind of brought us onto this topic in general. And we wanted to get your uh, viewpoint on the record. What's it like to be in that kind of position? Um, do you know it's, do you know what you do to us? Do you know what's going on? <laughs> you know, I'm trying to make it sound as as innocent as possible. Uh, I, I know mean, I should have stepped in sooner, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of you. Yeah. I feel like we, I personally, don't even think about it because yeah. that's not why I'm dressing up. Um, and there's different ways. Like last time, my Hermione, my hair was perfect, and I like sort of looked the part better than usual, and I got. Mm-hmm a lot of compliments where you could tell that they were looking first and wondering if it was safe to say something. And I could tell maybe there was some impact, but it was just respectful. Like, your costume is mm-hmm. really great. So I'm like, okay, awesome. You controlled yourself. That's great. You know? So right, right. I mean, we're only, yeah. Well, and, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but, we, but do you need to, uh, you know, give anyone credit for controlling themselves? That's, that's really no, I shouldn't have to. No. Yeah. Well, you should give me a little credit. Um, you know, like um, there is a uh, on the uh, Hollaback Philly site. There was this. I, I I think it was on that site. There's this picture of. Uh, I think it was Miranda, um, and it's like her, and she's 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 all dressed up, and she's got her arm around another cosplayer, and she's obviously posing for a picture, and you get that viewpoint. But right behind her, there's a picture of, like, this young kid. He's probably 15 or 16, and he's taking a picture of her derriere. You, you, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, and so that, that, that specifically is a line that I would never, ever cross. You know, like, 
it's yeah it's funny because like i can appreciate again a good looking lady and you know um my mind may wonder it may objectify as it as it as men's minds sometimes do even but women i mean just because we don't vocalize it it's just not vocalizing it is the difference yeah yeah, yeah. i objectify in my head too <laughs> Okay, yeah, it, it's, it's a basic. Thing. <laughs> it's a basic. <laughs> it thing is. Yeah. Exactly, but you know, but we have to learn our boundaries. And if you go back to that show that we recorded a couple weeks ago, where we're talking about Catwoman and we're kind of going through all this stuff, um, we don't really try to hide the fact that it that it that it happens in our minds, um, but we try to take responsibility about what happens in our heads for as. As men, we should take responsibility for that. Uh, but secondly, is that like there's this whole new world about people. Um, several years ago, people were not dressed as Catwoman walking around. That just didn't happen. And now that it is, we don't know how to behave. We're confused. Yeah. And I think that's what's going on. And that's what uh, Geeks for Consent, if there's a lot of value in what you guys are doing, it's in bringing awareness to just how to modernize our behavior on the current cosplay situation or the, you know, the current con situation. Yeah, that's, I think, exactly what it is. It's just wanting to talk about it and sort of let people know what makes us feel comfortable and uncomfortable. Um, we also, um, when we talked at Geek Girl Con last fall, um, a few women who've been going to conventions since the 90s said that they've seen a change in the style of harassment, that back then they felt like they were, they were not, people were not really in cosplay, but they felt that they were attacked as like fake geek girls, like you don't really know any of these characters, like you don't really belong here, and they felt more like the gender-based harassment was more along the lines of like excluding them from the space, and they said they've watched it transform, and I think it's also the convention setting transforming as well. It's becoming a lot more like popular culture heavy as well. Um, so I think there's different elements that are contributing to it, but it's like finally the right time to talk about it, I think, because it's at a fever pitch. And talking about it, I think that a lot of the people at conventions are genuinely like good people. They don't necessarily want to be causing people drama and anxiety, so I'm hoping that talking about it really is going to be the solution. I don't know if that's really like pie in the sky, but... That's what I'm hoping. That is, uh, that's Rochelle. Yeah, that's, that's Rochelle. Uh, obviously a very accomplished woman in her own right. And, uh, she's got a, I, she has a, she has a legitimate beef. Yes. I don't want to sound preachy, but she's right about a lot of things. And which is probably why I just instinctively agree with her. Um, uh, Slick, do you agree or have you uh, have you heard anything about cosplay taking on these new dimensions, getting some flack or getting some some worrisome notices? What, what, what do you know about cosplay? Because we we want to talk about that more. So I mean, uh, I've been exposed to cosplay for forever now, and you you see it all the time. It's a very prevalent aspect of of going to conventions and um, the big thing is is a lot of these people that they're portraying are 
comic book characters written by middle age or written I should say drawn by middle aged men so that their costumes are very scantily clad a lot of them are, are video game characters that kind of thing so you know these are these are these are a lot of times very beautiful women and very attractive outfits that you would never see in real life yeah, and in many ways exactly and and unfortunately you do see people get carried away with it and and i think the one of the biggest problem is is they become more objectified than even you know women in general you know because they are they're the they're these objects of desire you know and and i think that really has a tendency to you know put people kind of not in their right mind you know they 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 just feel that they're there they're there for their amusement and and i i have seen some really inappropriate behavior and i feel the more you can get that out in the public and the more you can make people aware of that that these are people this is somebody's sister this is somebody's daughter you know out there just trying to have a good time and and you have no right to treat them any differently than you would treat your own sister, aunt, mother, you know, daughter kind of thing. Um, and unfortunately, just like any any kind of disgusting behavior, it's it's a it's it's a fact of life. But I think we can all all do our own part to limit how much it happens. I want to agree with you more, but I think I honestly can't. <laughs> wow. I that was incredibly fucking, well put. You, I, you should you write a press it. release for this group because that is exactly. <laughs> exactly. That is exactly right. We are. Is, I'm here just looking at Grimm just like, yes, 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 yes. Um, these are not. If only these broads could put it as well. No, sorry, sorry. We'll probably cut that out. They're they're just like, my God, you guys. You, there's this, and I think we talked about it in the interview there a little bit, but there's famously on hollabackgirl.org, which is that's the that's one of the websites that 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 Rochelle runs. There's that there's that picture of two girls in cosplay. Yeah, it's yeah. it's someone taking a legitimate picture of two attractive young women in cosplay uh, outfits. Right, and but they, and the, they're posing. In the background in of the back. this picture, you just see like this thirteen-year-old kid holding up a camera, kind of like in a daze, just trying to get a picture of their of their asses. asses. It's and, and it's oh my it says that line like, where can we say boys will be boys, and where can we say what's wrong with you, kid? Well, but like the thing is, is like. That is wrong. And, 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 you know, like, boys will be boys, yes. But someone needs to tell them, you can't do that, boy. You know, like, that's the point. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that's all that these, that what, what Rochelle and her group 
uh, Geeks for Consent are trying to do is they're trying to be that parental voice. Yeah. That well, not even what, parental voice. They're but, trying to be the peer voice. The they're peer trying voice. to say this isn't a huge problem yet, but it is more noticeable every con that occurs we need to start addressing it, and uh, the powers that be really aren't addressing it. Exactly. But I think the fact that uh, we, just three guys who don't participate in cosplay and just go to cons, are able to come to that same conclusion, that does say this is worth talking about. And so we just want to help get the word out about that. That's enough preaching, though I think we we did have a good point to make, and uh, I'll be damned if uh, Slick McFavorite didn't make it much better right out from under us. Yeah, this is like the third show that we've... Yeah, try to we've cover been this. trying to come to that conclusion and, and, and put it so concisely for that long. Uh, screw you, buddy. Anyway, I happen to know that the Matty P radio production team is currently in talks with WWE Studios to get some, some, some of their major stars from their upcoming panel for Leprechaun Origins and See No Evil 2, which is going to be uh, 7 p.m. Thursday, the 24th in room 7AB, but we just got word that one of the newly confirmed guests is a uh, is an actor we just spoke with the other day, Mr. Kai Eric Erickson, who you may remember as Michael Chiklis's son on The Commish, and who Mark E. certainly remembers in guest spots on MacGyver. Uh, he used to be a child actor, and then he grew up into a grown-up actor, but he's still a male adolescent geek boy at heart. So bring us to Kai Eric Erickson, please, Magic Interview Machine. Meanwhile, I'm guessing it's probably not your first con. No, no, no. I mean, I go to Comic-Con every year just regardless, just to go down and have fun. Um, I love it down there, although it's getting out of control. It is crazy. Um, but it's so much fun. I go down, I, I love walking the floor. Uh, we hit up a lot of the fun fun parties, and and uh, but I'll be down there also promoting this thing. So I'm sure I'll, I'll run into you guys at some point. Do you, uh, do you like most years? Do you end up having something to promote anyway? So you kind of there as as both a fan and working. Or some years do you just kind of have nothing to push, so you go anyway. Um, you know, I've done some panels and things at some of the smaller cons at uh, at Comic Con. Um, you know, social media, I think, has really changed the way uh, they promote these things as well. A lot of the shows that I used to be on, I, I wish that uh, the social media that exists now was kind of around back then because I think it can really sort of help these shows. But um, um, I, I go for fun. I go, you know, to, to promote. Um, it's just neat to interact with, with the fans. So whether you're on a panel or you're walking around and just talking to people, um, it's just a lot of fun. It's a really good environment, you know. Well, we're uh, we're as, as a public service here at Maddie P. We're trying to get uh, to get people who aren't as familiar with Comic Con sort of ready with what they can expect, how they can make their plan, and uh, talk to an expert like you. It would be a waste not to not to get a couple of your little tips and tricks or or your observations on how to make it through. I would say wear comfortable shoes. <laughs> Bring oh, someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, you, you, you actually you, are. You actually find yourself outside a lot, even though you don't really think it. But there's a lot going on, like in the surrounding areas and all that. And you're, you are the first one to say, bring sunblock. That's 
That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Well, because you do spend a lot of time outside, and, and, and I think people forget, like, it's not just in the convention center. I mean, it's all up and down the streets. It's, um, so you're traveling on foot. Um, there's a lot of people. If you, if you value your, your personal space, uh, I don't know, maybe cosplay and, and a big spiked outfit or something so people will stay away from you. Um, <laughs> Bad plan. <laughs> Um, the floor is crazy, but it is so cool. I like walking around and, and looking at all the stuff there. Um, uh, but it gets, it gets crowded. There are certain days and times of days when it's, when it's best to go. I think there's, there's slightly fewer people. Uh, I hear Sunday is a good day, but I'm not sure if that's right. Um, but uh, we're usually in and out. You know, I'm running in, in and out between the, the panels, uh, going and supporting friends' panels. Um, seeing the panels that I, you know, I've been really lucky too, I have to say, with, with certain panels because oftentimes um, crew and I will just sort of deke into a panel last minute and, um, and we've turned, you know, those have been some of the best ones we've seen. I saw one a couple of years ago and it was a Robert Rodriguez panel and the lineup wasn't crazy huge and so we just sort of jumped in and we made it right in and we were front row and it was just this fantastic panel uh, about Robert Rodriguez talking about making movies with your kids and about how he, you know, just stays out on his ranch and makes his films there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Robert Rodriguez famously gives good con. He really does. Yeah, yeah. It was The panel felt so intimate. Like, it was just fantastic. And we just sort of last minute wandered in. So we've we've gotten really lucky like that uh, a few times. Um, I will have to say, and the Comic-Con people probably won't like me for saying this, is... You know, it, it's gotten quite, quite big. Um, so I think the important thing to remember is really look at the schedule and kind of pick the the panels and stuff that you want to see. And sometimes you've got to prepare to line up early and even maybe sit through other uh, panels that you're not interested in just so you can get to the one you want because it'll be held in the same room. Um, I think they need to sort of revamp the system almost like a lottery online so that you, you have to register for um, the panels and then they can always have like a standby line, but I think it's just gotten a little too out of control and the rooms are filled for panels that people have no interest in. And so you might spend all day waiting in line for a panel you really want to see, come to find out you're not getting in to that one. And then there's all sorts of ones that you've missed that you could have been at if you haven't yeah. been waiting in line. So, so yeah, I think they very much a time budget issue. Whether it's like a, a registration and standby line system or, or something just so that people are able to to kind of see as much as they can while they're there, you know, because there's a lot going on. Meanwhile, the advice to listen to there was that it's not all about Hall H's. It's not all about it's not all about the ballrooms. That's true. A lot of, a, a lot of times you're going to find a gem in those smaller panels. Mm-hmm. So if you can't get in, it's okay. Yeah. There's plenty of stuff for you. Yeah, you have to consider if you want to go to one of those big Hall H things. That's a lot of commitment. It's going to be 45 minutes to maybe an hour and a half a panel. Yep. But it is four to eight hours of waiting for that where you really can't afford to do anything else. If you spend those same four to eight to, once you include the panel time, almost ten hours, instead of seeing the one Avengers 2 panel or whatever yep. you might catch – you can literally see six crappy little panels <laughs> and three really good ones. 
and and they're not always crappy. Like, um, yeah, that's why I say two thirds of them might be crappy if you just take them randomly, and the other third are going to be awesome, and you had no idea it was going to be awesome, and you're going to be allow me just to give you a quick example. Even just as recently as last year, when things are already going bananas, all right, people were waiting for hours for the Man of Steel panel. Right, like this is Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. Zack, yeah. so, Zack oh. Snyder was there. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, me and my buddy, we ended up waiting in line for the 75th anniversary of Superman. Okay. Yeah. All right, and it was a modest line. We we're there for maybe 30 minutes. We got in. Guess who was there? Henry Cavill was there. Ah. We got the we got the same guy. <laughs> we got the same guy, and we waited for a quarter of the time. Yep. So, and the whole time you were in that panel, the guy that everybody been waiting in line for 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 the Man of Steel. Hall H, right? For the, for the Man of Steel, for the yeah. big one, the big one. While they were just standing there waiting for the opportunity, I saw four. You just walked in <laughs> and caught him. Yeah. yeah, in a different panel because you don't know what you're going to find in the little ones. And that makes it so worth it. Just those. Don't, if you lose your patience standing in line with everybody else at the con, it's okay to to step out. What you lose, you could easily make up for. One of the greatest panels that I ever saw. This was years ago, but I ended up just going there because I wanted a place to sit and eat my sandwich. <laughs> and I went in there and I ate my sandwich. As it turned out, this was the panel for freaks and geeks. And and this is years ago, but it was the panel. It was like the first time that Freaks and Geeks were coming to DVD or whatever. And I'm sitting there, and I watched the whole final episode of Freaks and Geeks, which at that time was unaired. Uh, they showed it to you. They there. they showed me. Were, I was eating you my hadn't sandwich gone in for your sandwich. Exactly. You would have missed out on that. And I I watched this show, which I had known about when it was on live, you know, mm-hmm. but. I was in high school and I was out, you know, cavorting around and doing stuff. So I didn't. I think I should watch it then. Yeah. But uh, for those at home, he wasn't a freak. I was not a freak. I was no. Actually, I was a freak. I wasn't. So ah, don't don't candy coat um, geek. But anyway, um, but yeah, I watched that last show of Freaks and Geeks and I fell in love with it. I absolutely loved it. And that's pro- and that to a different. Even though all you essentially did was watch. One episode, of right? It. The fact that you kind of had this, you know, kismet moment with it, yep. where where you were meant to, and you shared it, and you were like, "I just lucked into this half hour episode, and I shared it with all these other people who lucked into it or really wanted right. it, and it was given specifically to me." That's the magic of Comic Con. We can all see Twilight and the Avengers yep. and Man of yes. Steel all you want when it comes out with the rest of the rabble. But you go to Comic-Con to be part of the that strange vanguard. It's exactly what it is. Look, if you can't get into the Walking Dead panel, they're going to show it on TV <laughs> in about three months. Yeah, it's not be- <laughs> Instead of listening to us, you could just be watching Walking Dead on Netflix. It's going to come out. Please really don't soon. turn this off and watch uh, Walking Dead on Netflix. But you get the idea. Like, I get to, like... Every once in a while, you get to stumble into something. Um, no more will that be true than at San Diego Comic-Con. Just let yourself fall into something. 
I think you'll you might like it when you get there. That's that's really what this is about. And that may be one of the only little quaint perfect things left about it, the way it's growing, yep. because in seven or eight years, I'm pretty sure there's going to be only two rooms in the San Diego Convention Center, yep. Hall H and uh, 25A. Yeah. I was going to say, is is the big thing, too, in another kind of insider thing when it comes to the big panels is something they've started doing within the last uh, few years is they do replays in the evening, you know, where you get to see the whole panel. The only thing you don't see is the exclusive footage. So you don't see the two minutes of the next season of Walking Dead, but you see everything else. You see all the stars, and that goes for people recording it as well. People are allowed to record these panels except for that footage. So Mm -hmm. in three days, you can go to YouTube and see the Walking Dead panel in its entirety. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, not that. If it, like, yeah. if, if if you're odds, if you are going are pretty there, likely you are not going to be able to see, uh, you know, the Nazi origins of Tom and Jerry and their influence <laughs> on GI Joe <laughs> and Mattel's. There's no way that's going on YouTube, but you can catch it in person. And I don't know, maybe you're a Tom and Jerry fan, maybe a Nazi, but there's going to be something else for you. If you're having trouble getting into that super panel. Don't give up hope. Don't let that ruin your time at Comic-Con. Trust me, there is a hundred other things going on right then that now you have the freedom to go see. As a so long don't time, be afraid to do that. As a longtime fan and attendee of Comic-Con, and I, I beat it by many years. I beat the madness by many years. And I could say this. The moments that you really, really, really adore are when you discover something. It's not when you go, it's not when you're so focused on something that you give up all else to attend it. It's when you stumble on something. That's, that's when you are really a winner in this whole game, in this race. Oh. That's when all of a sudden you, you, you come home with something that you didn't even know was there. To me, that's what Comic-Con is. Hot damn. You know what? I think... I think I'm starting to get it there because that means one of our first pieces of advice was go into this with a plan. Yeah. Uh, but it also we've now spent the last hour saying, don't worry if your plan falls apart. <laughs> we didn't get past Because it Thursday. turns out some of your best days are utterly unplanned. And I don't think we have time to get into Saturday, which just is a whole nother wave of amazing stuff you can see. Uh, from, I don't even want to start giving examples. Wait, uh, wait. If you're going to Comic Con, pull out your book on Wednesday. They'll tell you what's happening Saturday. If you are looking, they'll tell you what's happening Sunday. You My can God, always. There's so much at these things, at this one especially. You can always hop on our website, MaddiePRadio.com. I have selectively pulled out. I have written articles on a lot of the great panels right now that well, are going. You have to see. He literally has. I have. So you check out MaddiePRadio.com. But. Just so that you just just so that you know that we are flesh and that we are flesh and bone. How about some gratuitous Jackie Holland? Oh, you want to put Jackie Holland? I would back love in? that. Oh, the lovely Jackie Holland, actress, producer, writer, director. Uh, Silent but Deadly is her most recent effort. I 
I'm not sure. We haven't gotten confirmation that she's coming to Comic-Con this year, but I don't like really to picture care. her there. <laughs> but, yeah, she, uh, she has only been to a couple other cons in her, in her life. She's a very busy worker. Uh, but, yeah, we did talk to her about her experience in, uh, in, uh, in Boston, I think it yep. was, at, at the con. Oh, all right. Magic Interview Machine, take us away one more time and let us hear Jackie Holland. Are you a con person as someone in the uh, a connoisseur? I think I was, to be honest, I think I was shooting another movie. I was working on like a Thor film at the time, so I I didn't go. But um, yeah, I I've gotten to a few of them. I've been to like Super Mega Fest in Boston uh, this past year, and I'm starting I'm starting to do more of them now as as the more of these movies come out. So I I definitely think they're a good thing. Oh, all right, all right. That sounds like a professionally diplomatic. I get the impression maybe you don't think they're a good thing. What was your experience like at uh, Super Mega Fest Con? Uh, I mean, it was actually really, it was good. It was, I was, I was at a table and I was um, signing autographs and uh, I got really lucky because um, the two girls that were next to me had extremely large breasts. Like, I'm I'm talking like, like Jay. So, um, (laughs) I, the, our table was J's. Well, now wait. There's there's actually a J level. <laughs> yeah, I, I jotted I that down. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need a point of reference. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Okay, so there were two large-breasted women on both sides of you. Go ahead. Well, yeah, they were they were at my table, so it was kind of like um, the table was getting a lot of attention. So you know, people are kind of going down the table and like, oh, I'll buy your headshot and yours and yours. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> man, I don't think anyone knew. You know, like there's a few fans that came in with like their ginger dead man, uh, you know, posters or whatever for you know for me. But like maybe I think I just was getting the aftermath of like the J tits. But I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's actually a very prevalent theme at any Comic Con. Is there's, there's always just yeah, there's, there's gorgeous women and breasts just kind of everywhere around there. Yeah, well, there's which is weird because there's also a, a large segment I think at these cons of uh, women who usually feel very self conscious and they kind of assume that Comic Cons or guys can just come right out and be nerds. They have that same kind of freedom. Uh, and I bet you didn't get a lot of them at your table, though. Oh, they may not have seen no, that. Were, <laughs> yeah, they were, I didn't really see too much of that, but it was cool. There was like a yeah. super Tron thing that was like 10 feet tall walking around. It was, it was a good experience. Uh, Got to well, hang out with Ron Jeremy. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. I, now, what? <laughs> Maybe I, I need to look up more about Super Megacon. Maybe it's not the convention I'm thinking of. Yeah. Maybe it's one I want to go to next year. Well, <laughs> and there you go. Not only are we ultra-feminist, we're also ultra-chauvinist, because I just <laughs> love hearing pretty, talented women talk. I'm sorry. I won't apologize for it, but I'm sorry. I know, but... All right. Jackie Holland, check out the website, MaddieTVRadio.com. A gorgeous and adorable and talented. And, uh, yeah, she has some. The lovely Jackie Holland, I'm very glad she is part of our world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. You know what? Uh, We didn't even get to all the things that we wanted to talk about, but this 
this thing has just gotten out of control. And judging by the time on my wristwatch here, I'm pretty sure Comic-Con's starting in about five minutes. So we better wrap this up. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, any parting words, Flick? I mean, just like this show, it's it's a it's the epitome of Comic Con. Is it is it's it's just out of control. All your best laid plans are going to get thrown out the window at one point or another. And the most important thing is that you just enjoy yourself. Just go with the flow. I mean, this it, it is not a place for obsessive compulsive people you've you've got it you've got to just enjoy your time there for what it is you'll you'll get some stuff done and you won't get some stuff done so it it, it, especially nowadays it is excruciatingly difficult to get there so if you're there enjoy it yeah, yeah, I think that's great. I, I my my. And by the way, we will miss you. Sweet. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna miss you guys, and that's again, that's the most important thing is the people you meet and the times you share with them. That's actually what I was gonna say. Is that like um, you need to take advantage of those moments, even when you're in lines. You know, actually, specifically when you're in lines. Yeah. Um, you need to make friends. You know, you have something in common with that person next to you. If you're and both at Comic-Con, it's a guarantee. It's a guarantee. And that's and, the great thing about that and, little, uh, and our, talk our about it. subculture. Yeah, yes. yeah. You, you should really talk about this. I mean, um, if you have somebody in front of you and they're wearing a costume that you recognize, uh, if every, every once in a while, that costume is very insider, very unique, mm-hmm. very unknown. If you know what that is, go up to that person. They put a lot of thought. I mean, we've... Yeah, yeah don't keep it to yourself. If you see, say, a Venture Brothers costume, yeah. and maybe I'm one of the only people who knows what that is, but if I see that and I see someone <laughs> did a good one, yeah. I think it's... I have to go over and say, that's amazing. I love the Venture Brothers. You're not going to seem like a geek. <laughs> if you see someone walking down the street on a normal day and they're wearing Pumas, and you go up to them and you say, I love watching soccer... <laughs> you are going to look like an idiot, and yeah. you shouldn't just come out and say that. But, but those Brothers. aren't the rules at Comic-Con. Take advantage of every social opportunity you have. It's And for us, for our for our kind, social opportunities are far and few between. Uh-huh. This uh-huh. is it, guys. This is it. Get out there. I mean, if you're going to be in town, if you're going to be in San Diego next week, just come downtown. There's something for you. Uh, there's movies and there's displays and there's people in costumes. Yeah, you don't actually need to go inside the yeah. convention center. There's still it. You can see the culture. You can be a part of yep. it if you're willing to be a part of it. It's it would love to have you. If you can get into the con, well, just remember these uh, 28 or 57 tips that we just gave you. Uh, condense it all into, into a game plan, and then halfway through the day, throw that game plan out. Get what you can out of it. Absolutely. That's how it works. And uh, I, I, I cannot thank you, Slick, for joining us uh, enough. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for having me yet again. I, it, it means a ton to me. It, 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 sounds, it sounds like it means a lot to all of you. 
it, it it sounds like like toddler McFavorite is probably ready for bed just as much as the rest of us. Yeah. Maddie P presents Saturday Morning Serial. We're going to bring you a total Comic-Con recovery show mm-hmm. the week after Comic-Con. Join us. We're going to bring you uh, our experiences for better or for worse. We're going to bring you audio. We're going to bring you sights, sounds, smells, if we can somehow get them to you. Um, we're going to try to bring our Comic-Con to you. So uh, stay with us, MattyPRadio.com. Um, I have had enough of this. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.